Alright, and welcome everybody to the Collector Cast. Hi, Bill. Hello. How are you today? Uh, well, we talked off air. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit tired, but I'm willing to tough it out for the greater good. You're going to take one for the team. Yeah, <laughs> the greater good. <laughs> <laughs> Just so um, you can pacify our listeners, is that it? They're, uh, they're salivating for more Bill. They have to be, right? Uh, yeah, I think you I don't know uh, if they are. No one's ever, like when we've gone a long time between shows, no one's ever uh, sent me a message that says, hey, I've kind of been salivating for you guys. Well, I, you know, on our Twitter, I, we've gotten, I've gotten two messages on Twitter about sending a free game to somebody and both mm-hmm. have been for you. So, uh, well, hockey games are cheap. <laughs> people are looking <laughs> to unload them. And people just don't want them. Is <laughs> yeah. that it? No, I mean, there, there was one today from a gentleman uh, uh, on Twitter um, who had a copy of, uh, a nearly complete copy of the Street Fighter collection for PlayStation. And uh, I'm uh, trying to, uh, work out the details on that, so that that would be that would be fantastic. I really do like the uh, the the artwork on that uh, and and the games as well. So yeah, we're we're lucky that we have some uh, some peeps who appreciate the show. Yeah, yes, wonderful listeners, uh, and uh, and thanks everybody. Uh, I'm going to um, I think I want to change things a little bit. Bill, are you okay with that? Yeah, hey, I'm I'm by the seat of my pants over here. I think just I'm going to tell people uh, collectorcast.com. Go there, show info. We'll give you the whole rigmarole at the end, but let's let's cut to the chase, shall we? Whoa, I think people are going to be surprised by the 10-minute less, uh, shorter uh, show this uh, time around. Well, you know, I figure if they don't know who we are by now, but uh, hey, you're Bill, I'm Duke, we're going to do the show, right? There you go, welcome to the party. <laughs> uh, let's start with some questions. You got questions? I'm, I'm down. Are you excited? Uh, yeah, I, it's, I, I really do like the question uh, segment. I, I don't know how much feedback you get about it, but, uh, I really hope people like it because I would love to just do nothing but questions for one show. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we have to do like a special, just a question special. Yeah. We need to collect questions for like a few weeks and then just, you know, get 20 of them and bam. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, well, let's start with Facebook, shall we? Mm-hmm. Um, hey, uh, this is, uh, you know, I think we from last time too. question from uh, Aaron D. Sanislow, who I found out is that's Retro Rage. Yep. You know that? I did not oh, know yeah. that. Yeah. No, Retro's a good dude. Yeah. It's, 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 it's weird because like until you really start like, you know, conversing with people, you know, who you've met as collectors and on forums by their real names for a while, I always refer to people as their uh as their tag yeah yeah um a quick quick side story it wouldn't be us without a tangent um i was talking about you and crabby to my sister i forget why but uh you know it just came up in conversation and i said to her i was like yeah so i was talking to duke and crabby the other day and she said hold on a minute (laughs) she said you know people named duke and crabby (laughs) i said yeah well yeah why not right yeah who doesn't know a duke and a crabby that's right yeah yeah retro rage yeah uh who he sent me it was nice he sent me a pm last time because i you know i guessed about uh pronouncing his name he said thank you for pronouncing it correctly so what how do you how do people normally pronounce it like sanslow I don't. I don't. I've no. I don't know. Yeah. It looks like Santa Slow. It's, yeah. You know, it it's looks like it you sound. Yeah. It just looks like you sounded it out. Yeah. You know. There you go. But uh, Mr. Santa Slow wants to know, what was your most disappointing gaming experience, Bill? Now I gotta say, um, I I I feel like I've had this question, or we may have had a question similar to this before, because the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear this question is the Last Remnant. 
And I know that I've talked about The Last Remnant before. You, but, yeah, you have. But it may have just come up in conversation. It might not have been like a question like this. Um, and I'm sorry to have a repeat answer, but The Last Remnant, um, I was really like, the way I am when I get excited about a game. I'm not the type that like, you know, goes and tries to find trailers or tries to find interviews or tries to, you know, see, you know, video before it comes out. I really like I kind of have an idea of the types of games I like and the developers I like and the, you know, the publishers I like. And I, you know, I kind of have a good idea without having to be fed all that stuff, what I think I'm going to enjoy and not enjoy. And sometimes that backfires. Um, and, uh, so I was pretty into Square at the time. I liked RPGs. I liked the, like the hidden gems. And I was really, really, really excited for The Last Remnant. Um, came out on the Xbox 360, eventually on the PC. Um, but yeah, I, I pre-ordered that jam. I, uh, played it, uh, like the day it came out. And I remember like kind of looking around like an hour in thinking like, this can't be it. Like, it's <laughs> what's going on. And then like, uh, cause you know how so much sometimes they embargo review scores yeah, until for, for good the reason. day that the game comes out or later. And sometimes the embargo is based on the review score. So it's like, okay, if your score is less than an eight, it can't come out until two days after the game does. If your score is eight and a half or higher, you can release it, you know, the day the game comes out. So, um, and they're not allowed to tell you that that's part of the embargo. That's another part of the embargo. But, you know, you, you can tell it happens because you're like, wow, it's weird. None of the bad reviews came out until three days after the game bid. Shocking. So, so um, but yeah, it's, uh, I remember thinking like, wow, I, I don't like this game. Maybe there's something wrong with me. And then I saw like the first couple of reviews, like I think the IGN review was like a six or something like that. And I was like, oh, it's not just me. <laughs> you should stop now. Yeah, it's a bad game. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's others you could go on, but, uh. That's probably the one I was looking forward to it a lot. I, you know, I wanted to, you know, discover this cool new game, like new IP. I was really excited about it and no good ski. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you, yeah. what are you, what are you thinking for disappointing gaming experience? You know, this, I don't know why this one popped into my head, but I'm going to go with it. Two worlds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> two worlds was, oh man. I, I, I remember I, Two Worlds, a, a 360 game, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah and it was, you know, it's like, oh, it's going to be like an open world kind of, you know, Elder Scrolls ish RPG sort of game. And, mm-hmm. you know, go and do whatever, you know, you want. And, oh my God. I don't, did you ever play Two Worlds? I get it confused with Two Human just because no, it's got yeah. two in the name. But, right. yeah, no, I've never played Two Worlds. No, it's terrible <laughs> i mean like we're probably talking like maybe ps2 if you're lucky graphics the people look like someone beat them to death with the ugly stick mm-hmm. i mean and the gameplay was terrible i i i play the game for maybe like 10 minutes and i glitched and it mm. lost my my save uh and i went that's enough you know it was Ah, I tried a couple times just to, and it was just terrible um th- and it was weird because i had yeah. a friend that really said really liked it yeah, and and you know, and that happens. That's probably actually a really good collection. Like, or sorry, question is a like you know game that you like that everybody else hates. Now that's different than a guilty pleasure to me because a guilty pleasure means like you actually feel guilty about you know playing or liking the game. But I don't feel guilty about games that I love, so I don't really have any guilty pleasures. Um, but yeah, it's uh, uh I th- and I think that one came out on Windows or sorry PC eventually as well, if I'm not mistaken. Probably avoid it. That would be my suggestion. Two worlds, no good, says Duke. Yeah, no, I would, uh, I would avoid it. Um, now, Mister Rich Franklin, the third, I believe, actually. Uh, yes, Esquire. <laughs> and he- Ted Theodore Logan. <laughs> <It's> wild stallions. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Rich has a long question here, so let me let me get this one out. Um, if right. you were on a desert, I love these. Why is it always a deserted island? Because if there was anything else to do, you probably would be, you know, doing it. Okay. All right. So if you were on a deserted island, it can only take one system and one genre. Now, here's that's a big thing. Okay. Genre yep. of that's games. Big one. With you. So, you know, whatever that might be. Right. Which system and which genre would you choose? And he says, heck yeah, this deserted island has electricity and you don't even have to pay the power bill. I would call somebody probably if I had that's power. Prob- that's probably, that would, that would keep me up at night. <laughs> why, why is the electricity running and how do I never get a bill? Yeah, I would choose a PC, I think, because then I could let someone know I'm on a deserted island. Yeah. You know, I was actually thinking that when he said system, I was like... Is he including PC? Because the genre that I would take, I would kind of prefer to play it on PC. But I, I'll, I'll let you start. We'll just let people uh, think about that for a second. Is there any really reason to ask me this question? Um, let me guess. Yes. Okay. So, okay. So Duke, if Duke could take one system, um, and don't tell me if I'm right or wrong. Okay. I'm going to say the Super Nintendo Entertainment System which is the only way to say the name of that system, even if it's abbreviated. Or you could say SNES, sure. You could say that. But or you're, Super you're, NES. You're on thin ice, though. Just, <laughs> just calm down. I got I got, uh, I got, got yelled at on, on RF Gen for this. Um, but yeah, I'm guessing that, and I'm going to guess um, Schmips. No. No? Ooh, where are, where, where are you at? Did I get the system right? No. Ooh, what what are you taking? I would have to take the original Nintendo Entertainment System. But there's hardly there's no compile shooters on that system. There are compile shooters. Well, not the ones that you really like though. There's Xanak and Gunnack. Yeah, there is that one game. But I wouldn't take shooters. Um, you know, I would probably take just action games because that would be like almost all the NES library. <laughs> you would take the Ninja Gaiden trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I would take yeah, just action titles on the NES because like really? all the Mega Man's, all the Castlevanias, all the Ninja Gaiden's, and and even all the weird games. Uh, most of them are all action. So no, wait. So you, you're saying Mega? Uh, okay, so Mega Man action. That's action. Yeah, right. That's an action game. You don't think Castlevania would be an adventure game? No, I would consider that an action game, right? Yeah. I would like it's, Zelda's like an adventure game, right? Yeah, I mean and that's and that's the thing, like the like the genres get so blurred yeah. because they, they borrow so much from each other. But uh if you took enough liberties, uh I guess it depends on who's who's choosing, but yeah. If you took the NES with action games, I could see you having a, a pretty good time for a while. Yeah, I think it would probably keep me busy, uh, on my poor deserted island while I was trying to figure out how to make a radio out of coconuts <laughs> or something, but how about you? With your little buddy. Um, <laughs> it's, it depends on what he, you know, on if a system, because if he says system, if he's not counting PC, um, because if I can only have one thing, um, and only one genre game, this is a really tough one because like, okay, let me uh, guess. Let me guess. Okay. PC <laughs> and 4X games. And let me tell you why that's where I'm leaning. Is because I can play them. Like, if I sit down with most games, there's only been a couple times in my life where I sat down with a, a, a you know, specific genre of game, like, you know, was so in love with everything that was going on that, like, you know, you look at the clock and you're like, oh my God, it's four in the morning. I need to go to bed right now. Right. 
And that happens to me with Forex games all the time. <laughs> I, I went to make a, uh, I made a Civilization Beyond Earth uh, video for, and I posted it on YouTube and I put it on an RF Gen blog. And uh, uh, a couple of people, um, uh, you know, I think a couple of people have watched it. Um, my views are up to like eight, so I'm pretty sure I'm big time now. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, I had a, uh, um, an RF Gen member, uh, shoot me a, uh, an email or, or a, a message and say, Hey, I know, uh, uh, time is really, you know, you're, t- you say your time is your biggest, uh, you know, uh, challenge right now, but have you thought about, um, you know, making more? It was, it was, uh, uh, Bamba Tamba mm. or Boomba Tumba. I never know how to say that. Um, but, uh, yeah, you said like, have you thought about doing uh, videos for other Civ games? So I said, you know what? I love playing Civ five and I love teaching games so much. Let me make a Civ five, like how to video. And I meant to sit down for like, you know, 35, 45 minutes. And, uh, I sat down and I did like the first, you know, like 50 turns of Civ. And I was explaining like everything I was doing and I was done. I hit stop. I hit, okay. And then let me, you know, go and check this video out, make sure everything looks good. And it was an hour and 54 minutes. <laughs> and I really thought I'd only been playing for like a half hour. So as much as I love so many different genres if i have one thing that i can just sit down and play as long as i want forever it probably is 4x games on the pc i'll take it and rich will have to take it because he's not here to argue with he us. has to yeah there's no there's no rejection button no takes these backsies nope. uh, um and from twitter um our good buddy sega tomcast is back he asks describe the systems and story to your own original text adventure game Bonus points if it's sci-fi or siffy or s- yeah. say whatever it is. I'm pretty sure he meant sci-fi. Um, who are you talking to? Of course, it's sci-fi. Look at me. <laughs> well, the channel is siffy, right? Uh, yeah. They be, well, they changed the spelling, right? <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. They, well, didn't they? What they changed it to S Y F Y something, something like that. I don't yeah, know. yeah. No, it's no good. But yeah, I mean, it's have have you given any thoughts to your original text adventure game? I don't know. I'm not a very an original person, so it'd have to be like some kind of variant of like Zork, because those are probably okay. the text adventure games that I played the most of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess if I had to give like a background story to my text adventure, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I would probably go with sci-fi because it's easiest, right, to do like sci-fi. So it, maybe it, it has the fewest barriers and you can do very creative things and make them, you know, kind of make sense. Yeah. And you can make all kinds of stuff up because it's the future, right? Right. So you don't have to like obey physics or, or anything, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, or either you have to do magic, but, you know, I'm not going to do magic. So let's say that you're on a barren space station all alone. You've woken up from your cryogenic sleep. Okay. All the alarms are going off. You look around, and the other tubes are empty where your co-inhabitants of the space station were. They're gone. There's nobody there. And you go to the uh, the panel, and, and all these warnings are going off. And, and that's where you get started, right? So you have to try to right. try to see what's going What's happened to your crew? What's Why is the space station in trouble? That's probably like the most boring generic <laughs> sci-fi intro yeah ever. i'm trying to th- i'm trying i was trying to think at first i was trying to think what game is this already and then i was i started thinking what game isn't this yeah all of them <laughs> i don't know uh, what would the systems be like it would be like zork right you'd have to like say go mm-hmm. east although how would that make sense in space right yeah you'd have to give it multiple 
You'd have to give it like south by southeast. Something. Well, it would even make sense, right? Because there's no north or south. I, I don't know. Left, right, up, down. That doesn't even make sense. My in guess space. is if it's a text adventure, then it wouldn't be three dimensional. <laughs> so you have a two dimensional plane of space. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, That's probably terrible. We can't uh, afford graphics. It's not three D. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. No. Get lamp. That should what be your would, first. Uh, what would the game be called? Uh. Oh God. I don't know. <laughs> Space death. <laughs> Space death. That's pretty good. Space Marine was taken. I guess. Uh, I'm so creative. How about you, Bill? Um, I've never, you know, I never, I didn't play a ton of text adventure games. Um, my, probably my most uh, 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 involved experience with text adventure games was like that scene in Big where Tom Hanks is playing the text adventure game. Uh, oh, right. And uh, I remember seeing that and thinking, like, oh, it'd be so cool, because I saw it so much later, you know, like, after the movie came out. And I remember thinking, oh, it would be so cool if they actually made video games that were like that. <laughs> Not realizing, like, oh, they they did. And then <laughs> right. better games came out. Um, but, yeah, if, it, if I had a text adventure game, you know what always I thought was really intriguing? Um, even though it wasn't a text adventure, it was, you know, graphics, it was on the, the NES. Um I don't know if the game's great or not because I never played a, a you know more than a couple hours of it, but I always thought Deja Vu was so intriguing. Yeah. Um, just the premise and uh, I mean, first of all, the box art, you know, Private Eye, like all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, the game starts out like you're in a room, and okay, what do I do? You know, like so if just going off that premise, and also one of my favorite uh, Sifi uh, movies <laughs> of all time, the Canadian masterpiece Cube. Um, oh yeah, Cube is great. I it's it's this it's the same thing. You know, all these strangers wake up in this environment, no idea how they got there, no idea how they're all related to each other, but they are, they have to figure it out. Um very 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 cool and it's it's the best movie that bad acting cannot hold back. Like the the, <laughs> right. the story's too good for the acting to to bring it down. Um but that's what and my the low budget. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That's what my uh, text adventure would be. It would be wake up in an area and the story is, uh, 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 kind of like, uh, explained as you, like, kind of, uh, find out who you are. Again, very generic. Like, you know, uh, you know, uh, hero wakes up with amnesia, you know, like, has to figure stuff out. But, like, for, for text, uh, or even graphic adventure games, like, a lot of good ones start with, like, okay, hero wakes up and has to figure out, like, uh, a full throttle. I don't know if you played it, but no. part of my favorite uh, uh, Tim Schafer adventure game, you, you're shown what happens right before like the game starts, but then, spoiler alert, you're knocked out and you're dumped in a dumpster, <laughs> and you have to get out of the dumpster and figure out, okay, like what the hell just happened to me? So, yeah, I, it would probably be something along the lines of that. Of course it would be sci-fi, and I think I would like it if it was surprise sci-fi, kind of like, spoiler alert, Assassin's Creed. So, like... If like you didn't know it was sci-fi until like you open a door and it's like oh space this is a sci-fi story, <laughs> so yep let, that's what I'm thinking. Let me pitch you this idea. How about a text adventure about a guy? And now get this: he's a dad. He's got to get up and he goes to work every day. And you mm-hmm. have to navigate your job. Ooh. Um, you have to come home and pay bills. Okay. Uh, keep a wife happy, and occasionally uh. podcast. This sounds like a game that I would play, 
but, <laughs> it's but got legs, right? But but it wouldn't sell very well. <laughs> so it wouldn't sell well at all. The numbers uh, wouldn't be great. No, probably not. <laughs> all right. Um, up next, we've got at J Rock Game Rocker. So that's uh, that's actually J Rock the Game Rocker. And if you see his picture, man, he's got some awesome game rocking hair. So J Rock the Game Rocker. He asks. Oh, and I, this one got me. Uh, have you ever traded a game you didn't want to trade because the deal was so good? Have you ever traded a game? So, like, I own a game. Yes. And I don't want to trade it in. Right. But I do because they were giving way too much money for it. Or a person or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody. Oh, right. So not yeah. necessarily the store, but like, oh, I gotcha. Um, Yes. Absolutely. And you're going to get mad at me when you find out what game it is. Why would I get mad at you? Because it's DuckTales 2. Why would I be mad at you because of that? Because I got rid of it. Well, I know, now, but you then you got... <laughs> I, know, I know the torture I that ensues. I know the rest of the story. Yeah. You got your comeuppance, but... I did. I, well, I got the thing that, that... And that's... and that's. I guess that's his question. Have you ever traded a game you didn't want to because, you know, like, the deal was really good? Um, I didn't trade this directly to a person for a thing, um, but basically I had picked up a copy of DuckTales 2 with the manual for a really, really good price, and then I got a lead on a fantastic uh, uh, Play Choice 10, dual screen Play Choice 10, um, yeah. that I, you know, I, I needed to come up with some money quickly. Um, the guy wasn't going to wait. He had other people interested, and I was like, oh, I just didn't have, like, the cash, like, that minute, so I was like, okay... I need to sell this thing immediately. So I threw it out. So I did, it wasn't a direct trade, but like I sold this thing that I didn't want to sell um, because I needed, you know, quick cash for another thing. So I don't know if that quite matches the way he's asking. Um, I will tell you a time that I didn't do that. Um, I had a Mega Man. My favorite. I know no one thinks everyone thinks I'm crazy about this. My favorite Mega Man is four. Not because I think it's the best, just because I played it the most when I was a kid. I still don't have a copy of Mega Man 4. Complete, manual, box, anything. Um, I have a friend, uh, Jay, who's a, a huge, huge, huge Mega Man 3 fan. It's his favorite game. And I have a Mega Man 3 complete in the box. And he came over and he was like, I will trade you a complete Mega Man 4 for a complete Mega Man 3. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I really, 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 really did want the copy of Mega Man 4. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to give up my copy of Mega Man 3. Right, yeah. So I, so I didn't do it. Right. And, like, you know, it's years later... I'm glad it didn't do it, but I still really wish that I had a copy of Mega Man 4. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Um, for me, yeah, I did a trade. Uh, it's been a few years back, but there was a, a collector that was from, I don't know, I think he's from maybe the the Netherlands or somewhere over there. It's a great uh, area. Yeah, I would think so. I've never been, but it sounds great. And we have some listeners. We have some RF Gen members from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was looking for some pretty tough-to-find Super Nintendo titles that I had. And, On your desert island. Yeah, 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 sure, right? Um, so, uh, you know, and there's some other games as well. So, you know, there was like a – I had like a complete, like, Lufia. Um, I had – uh, I think it was Lunar on the PS1, like that nice big collector thing. And I think right, there was the, a, like the box. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, I think I had like the like Ark the, the Lad. cloth map or whatever. Yeah. The Ark the Lad yeah. collection. And there was a few other ones that I, I really wouldn't have traded it, um, normally, but he was offering up a lot of, um, hard to find PAL NES games and quite a few of them were boxed. Um, 
and uh, it was yeah it was kind of one of those trades where i just couldn't say no you know <laughs> it was like I, this because honestly it just wasn't going to happen again right i mean you don't those sort of things just don't come up very often i knew i'm like okay i can get these super nintendo games and playstation games again if i look around they're still here i'm not going to find these you know pal nes games boxed right. and everything right totally here it's just not going to happen right um so i yeah i did it um you know well i missed some of those yeah because some of those like that lufia it was mine you know from mm-hmm. eons ago um and there was a final i had a box copy of final fantasy 2 that went in that trade and had the map and everything and again it was mine i didn't really want to get rid of it but i knew you know i could replace it so mm-hmm. yeah that's it so, I, yeah, I, even though I haven't, I would like. I'm at the point right now where I'm looking at some of my collection, and I'm like, okay, things that you know. I'm not that I'm like hurting for cash or anything, but I'm looking at stuff, and I'm like, you know what? Like, if something came up and somebody gave me like a good deal for like you know X game or Y game, I'd do it. You know, if if I thought I could get it back, or if you know, like just because uh, it's 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 not just all about collecting and letting it sit there it's also about like you know trading and you know kind of like swapping okay well i'll take a risk it's almost like gambling like i'll take a risk that i'll see this again and then you know maybe i will maybe i won't so uh uh yeah it's i think it actually like adds to the fun a little bit like trying to like you know grab things uh, again you know once you kind of swap them out so yeah and i've grabbed a couple of those um back again so they show up but uh but thanks j-rock uh yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate the question. Um, last one we've got coming up is uh, at Rare Video Games, who is um, that's uh, Wayne. You remember Wayne from? Uh, we've been had too many games, right? Wayne oh, Pay. Wayne, Wayne Pay. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. it's a uh, 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 what is it? Uh, one by one uh, designs. Yes, yes, yep. he does the Lego, does yep. Lego stuff. Re- uh, re- real cool guy. We had a burger with him at whatever that place was called. Yeah, I don't. It was remember. a really good burger, but also Wayne Pay was there and Isret and a few others. So it was a fun day. Yeah, Wayne's a great Ru- guy. Great Rus- guy. Man, Neo Magic Warrior. I feel bad because I won't be able to remember everyone's name who was there, but. Uh, too many games a couple years ago it was a lot of fun with the RF Gen guys. Yeah, I'm hoping we can do it again. Huh. Um, but uh, Wayne asks a topic me and my buddy talk about is what new games have potential to become rare. Boy, this is a tough one. Ah, uh, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, he asks, got any sleepers? And he he his he maybe suggests maybe about Deadfall Adventures on the 360. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be straight out honest. I mean, I. I don't know about Deadfall Adventures. I mean, yeah, it's not really known. It's not a big 360 title. It got crap reviews. Um, but it's still available now. It's not terribly expensive. It's possible, you know. Right. Uh, you know, and it got a PC release, but I'm sure he's probably, I am guess, talking about the 360 game. Sure. Um, I, I'll be honest. I've never seen a copy. Um, not either. And I don't know if there's a backstory. Maybe it got pulled or maybe it was some other thing, but... Um, I, I did a quick search when he mentioned it, and at least according to GameStop, you know, all the GameStops around me should have a copy. Who knows? Right. Uh, but their inventory systems, whatever it is. So if there's some backstory there, maybe I'm not familiar with it, but um, I don't know enough about that one to make any um, suggestions. Right. Uh, as far as what I would say as rarity goes, the problem I think we're going to run into, at least for future collectors that are looking to get things now, is all these crazy limited collector editions are going to kill you um even right. now i there, mean there's there's way way yeah. way more things that come out 
at over a hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars at retail, um, that are actually that are actually limited and not just like remember like Crisis Two for three sixty, like every copy says limited edition on it. Yeah. So it's uh uh yeah no I, I'm totally with you like the collector editions are gonna be huge. Um, it's uh I mean and a lot of them are cool, but uh uh. That's that's going to destroy. And there's another distinction I'd like him to make is the the shadow uh, question is uh you know rarity versus uh value, or or you know like a, like the dollar value. So like you know if you talking about okay, well does this game have the potential to become rare? Oh sure. I mean you, you don't see Deadfall Adventures now, but that doesn't mean that it it has value. You know what I mean? So like sure. like as far as like you know something that's rare and sells for big dollars. Something like Mass Effect One Collector's Edition, yeah, yeah Mass because Effect it was, One, because it was actually limited, and you know there weren't you know a million of them out there, and it you know still goes for three to five hundred dollars. Um, so if he's talking rare, absolutely, there, there's a hint. I mean, it's pretty much anything that you know didn't have a uh, didn't have great reviews, didn't really get like a widespread release. Um, but uh, if he's talking about this stuff, okay, like what's going to be like the surprise at Dino Peak of the current generation? Um, I don't have a ton of great guesses besides all those like uh, collector editions. Yeah, I mean, if I had to throw some things out there, I mean, it's going to be probably the obvious ones. It's going to be these Nintendo collectors editions that have been come out recently that they offer. You know, maybe like a hundred of them in New York, and nobody gets them. So the Hyrule Warriors, <laughs> the right. Mario Kart, the the Blue Shell. I mean, yeah, those are, of course, going to be expensive. And if so you let me, so let me ask this, what about you know? Okay, let me let me put this one out here. Yeah. You know what I think has the potential? Sure, what is the um uh this the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword bundle with the gold Wiimote? Uh, unopened, maybe. Sealed? Yes, yes, yeah. unopened. Okay, yeah, it's going to be tougher. I uh, yeah, I actually believe it or not that because uh, remember that game came out like right around Black Friday. Yeah, and that's where I bought my copy because they were selling it for fifty bucks. Like that bundle is fifty bucks. I think at Walmart, and uh, that's I mean, and I didn't buy it to you know as a collector. I just bought it because I like Zelda games, and I didn't have a Wii Motion Plus, so that was the bundle I bought. I played my game with that. I still have the controller. Um, and you know what might be a little asterisk to add on to that is the gold nunchuck that's uh, was exclusive to Club Nintendo. Yeah, some of the Club Nintendo things are going to be tougher. I mean, some of them are not too bad, like the Game & Watch collections for DS. Or, right. I mean, there's still enough of those copies that are out there. But um, right. again, I'd go back to some of these weird collector's editions. Um, and um, something else that could be, you know, uh, you have to think about Diamond Trust of London on DS, which was uh, a very late release and was only, uh, I guess technically you can still buy it, but it was basically just a guy put that whole thing together and I'm going to guess mm. it got a minimum print run from Nintendo because I right. think it was like a Kickstarter or something similar to that. So right. you're going to guess probably a run of maybe 10,000. Um, and these days, uh, unless you're getting into crazy weird collector's editions, that's going to be fairly rare. I mean, most things are going to have to get a minimum print run of a pretty decent size. Right. Um, or they're not going to take a chance. Yeah. It's just, or it's probably not going to happen. So um, there's always going to be the weird things. I'm sure there's probably a few out there. What I would actually do is I would throw this back out to the listener. So, you know, if you've got any of these thoughts or ideas, I mean, it's great to speculate about these things, but um, mm. share them with us and uh, maybe include on the tweet um, at rare video games yeah. uh, and include Wayne on that one. Yeah. I think one of the things that works against uh, uh, that is people who anything that appears like it might be rare um there people are people snag it up 
Now, like yeah. they, they, they see they're like, oh, like, I don't think this is going to be a huge thing. I'm going to grab this like just in case. And it's like, OK, well, like 40,000 people thought that and like everybody has one. Well, um, or like if you think about some of these, again, like these weird little Nintendo of America collector's edition things that came out and there were hardly any. Um, right. They already flipped on to eBay quick and have gone mm-hmm. up. And I'll be real honest, if you want one of those things long term, yeah, it's going to hurt, but buy it now because it's only going to get more ridiculous if you actually want that at yeah. some point in time. Um that's not, you know, that's not for me. I'm not going to go. I'm not I'm not going to collect for these newer systems thoroughly. So, but uh yeah same thing like i'm not the newer systems like they're just not that interesting to me like at, like after i still play games after dreamcast but i don't hold on to things after dreamcast unless they're like some of my favorite things just because i don't know it, it just does like there's nothing interesting about it to me i look at it and i'm like eh, it just feels like a new thing it doesn't feel like cool like the old stuff does yeah but you know to the speculators out there i think there's plenty of fodder uh, to mm-hmm. talk about with those so um yeah so include um at rare video games on that on the tweet uh that'd be good so thanks everybody again for the questions we appreciate it make sure you send some more our way Hey everybody, it's Duke here to tell you again about our sponsor, Off the Charts Video Games. Be sure to listen all the way through the spot because there's a special offer at the end for CollectorCast listeners. We all know that shopping online for video games can be a hassle. If you shop on eBay, you have to pay shipping to each individual seller. On Amazon, you never see what you're really going to get. And as for the leading online classic game retailers, well, we all know that their prices aren't the best. After years of collecting, trading, and selling on multiple marketplaces, the guys at Off the Charts Video Games have built a site with the needs of collectors in mind. OTCVideoGames.com gives the experience of a brick-and-mortar store while you relax at home. With pictures and individual descriptions for every item, you will know exactly what you're going to get. Every game is tested in-house on their multi-system testing station, so your order will come back with their quality guarantee and great customer service. Off the Charts now sells separate boxes and manuals so you can buy complete and box games all at once or complete your loose games. Browse their games, boxes, and manuals separately or all together. Boxes and manuals are posted now for Nintendo 64 and are coming soon for other systems. Everyone knows the most annoying part of buying online is shipping. Well, at Off the Charts, orders over $50 get free shipping in the U.S. Not only that, but they always ship orders out the next business day, Monday through Friday, and every order gets tracking. Choose your favorite provider, whether it's UPS, FedEx, or the U.S. Postal Service. Check them out for yourself at www.otcvideogames.com or see their inventory updates and meet their staff on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube with the handle OTC Video Games. Again, that's www.otcvideogames.com and OTC Video Games on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. As a limited time special offer for CollectorCast listeners, enter coupon code CollectorCast at checkout to receive a 5% discount on your order. Again, that's coupon code CollectorCast, all together, one word, no spaces.
All right. Well, this episode, um, you know, again, Krabby's, uh, he has been a little uh, delayed. So um, where have we got? I thought you were going to say baby. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he's thank- been a little baby lately. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> he's been really busy. But um, I think we've got some dates lined up here pretty soon. So uh, we'll intend to get him on the next episode. But while he's gone, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, a topic, maybe that's not directly, you know, collecting related, but let's more about games. And that's the topic of difficulty in games, because this is something that I, I, I've been thinking about lately. Um, and I think there's a, there's a lot to kind of get into and talk about here. So I guess right up, up front, when I say difficulty, Bill, what, what in gaming, what does that bring to mind for you? Um, the first thing I think of when I think of difficulty is frustration. Okay. Even though difficulty doesn't necessarily mean higher difficulty, uh-huh. but when, um, but normally, like you know, I, you know, when I start a game and it's like, okay, like you hit start, here's the game. Um, whenever a game comes up and you hit start and it says, okay, what do you want to do? Easy, normal, or hard? Uh, it's always that's the moment <laughs> where I think, okay. First of all, how good am I at this genre? Okay. Like, number two, like, have I ever played anything, like, you know, in this series before? Because if I've, if I'm experienced with it, I'd rather play higher difficulty. Um, or if it's just, okay, like, am I a baby if I choose easy? Just because, like, there's certain genres that I play that I'm like, okay, I don't want to have to, like, be the best player at this. I really want to casually play through this game, see the story and see the ending and die maybe once or twice. Yeah. So, um, for, well, yeah, when I think difficulty, I think of frustration because really all I'm doing when I choose difficulty, if I haven't given the option, is to choose the least frustrating option. Okay. Um, and I guess when I think of the word difficulty, I think of, of, uh, challenge would be like the first mm-hmm. word that comes to mind is, um, and I guess along that is, is it a worthwhile challenge? Um, right. and is it a fair, is it a fair challenge? Um, right. so I think we're going to get into some of that stuff, but let's kind of go back for a minute. Um, I want to kind of start at the beginning in terms of, of gaming and challenges, because we have to kind of recognize that, um, the genesis of all of this stuff is, uh, arcade machines that were designed to take your money, right? Sure. Sure, or uh, you know, trade stimulators, or you know, the the arcade machines that uh, you know, you put a quarter in, you get X number of lives or X amount of time. Now, tying the amount of time you get to play to the quarter, I thought like it always felt cheap because you could quantify the amount of you know time you could be playing with money. When you put it in the player's hands, you said, okay, you can play until you die. It became about make you know improving your skill, making yourself better at the game to maximize, you know, your, like how far you made that quarter last. Sure. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, being a, uh, you know, born in, uh, 81. Um, I spent some time in arcades, but I wasn't there like in like the, uh, you know, like the Pac-Man, Qbert, uh, you know, like the early days where Donkey Kong days were like every machine was like, okay, you need to be really good at this (laughs) game to last more than a couple of minutes. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what most games were designed to do is to give you a couple minutes of entertainment and then hook you and and bring you back in. Because if somebody plays on a machine for an hour with one quarter, that's not profitable for the owner, right? 
Sure. And you're stopping other people who are standing there waiting to put their quarters in from playing. So they didn't just want your quarters, but if you weren't willing to continue playing, you know, the other people standing right there, you know, they wanted those quarters. Absolutely. Um, and even early games, there was no continue option, right? You died, you died, and it was time to start over again. Right, right. Uh, and then later on, they figured, oh, we could just keep people pumping money into these things if we let right. them continue. Right, because who wants to start over? Right, you want a sense of accomplishment, which I think we're definitely going to get into a little bit later. But that's the hook, right? Um, there's the difficulty, but there's, uh, you know, again, there's a, a fine grade to that, right? Because if you right. push it too far, you drive people away and they just won't want to play the game at all. Um, but there's like a magic level at which it's enough of a challenge, but not not too easy either, right? Right, where where you where you feel like you're not being like beaten down by AI or by some invisible thing that's like okay, well we just have to kill him because he can't last this long. Um, you feel like okay, the game's challenging, um, but I know that if I work at this, I can do it. And the other thing that is like if if your game's too difficult, it doesn't like you know it, there's so much frustration that when you finally do it. It's not like, yay, I have this sense of accomplishment because that was really difficult. It's like, finally, God, that was so stupid. Why did, <laughs> why, like, why did I have to work so long and so hard and spend so many quarters to get here? You know what? F- whatever. Forget this. Right. So they're really, cause like, I, I hear it all the time. They're like, oh no, when it's really difficult, I, I really feel like I've accomplished something when I, when I, you know, when I achieve it. And that's true for, you know, but that, but it's, it's not a hundred percent. It's not like every really difficult experience is really rewarding because at the end of it, you, you know, on the ones that really weren't, you know, the gameplay wasn't balanced really well with the difficulty. I feel like you're still angry after you've accomplished whatever you were trying to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember like some of the classic arcade games I would go to play, like um, some of them were pretty fair. So I would pump money into them a lot, you know. Um, right. uh, I would play things like Rastan or Rygar in the arcade mm-hmm. a lot because it was, if you were skilled, you could do well and it wasn't terrible. You know what I mean? It wasn't ever to the point where like, this is ridiculous. Right. Um, and there were some other games where I knew they were going to suck my money in, but I didn't know if I pumped enough money into it, I could win, right? Right. That, that, that was my House of the Dead strategy. Yeah, yeah, right. I could just throw enough money yeah, at the problem. And... Exactly. Whether or not, like, just how much money you have determines whether or not you can complete House of the Dead in the arcade. Yeah. As opposed to other games at the time, like Dragon's Lair, where I had, I would love to watch people play that, but I had no desire because I couldn't solve the problem that way. You know what I mean? It right. was, same, it's just same pure thing. minimization. I, want, I wanted to stand there and watch. And it's, it's, for me, it's, the, and it depends because, there's certain games that I it is like that that like I just want to stand here and watch someone who's really good at this yeah. be really good at it and that can and that, which, which kind of leads into Twitch. Oh yeah. Um with uh you know like it's it, it there is fun in watching a really skilled player in in a lot of these games. And in the arcades it was the same thing because you would have a crowd of people watching like the one dude who was, you know, like uh uh you know mastering Donkey Kong. Um I remember uh, uh, watching this dude play Asteroids um, in the arcade and there was like a crowd around him and I, and I went over and I was, a, you know, everybody like you never use the thrust. Like you start off just rotating the ship and firing. Right. And, and then when you see a player moving around the screen 
and then you know like you're you only have your one way to thrust and you turn your ship around you thrust the other way to you know like reverse the thrust the way he was moving around it was it, it you're, you're just kind of mesmerized by the skill of certain players so uh and it almost makes you feel like wow i should be able to do this that guy's doing it so easily and uh that kind of, like sometimes that's more motivation for me than just dying over and over again is watching someone who can do it and thinking oh i can do that yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that same, um, you know, thing that happened in the arcades with everybody would crowd around. That same thing now is just Twitch. Um, mm-hmm. And I like Twitch. There is, there's some games where I don't ever want to play them, but I'll watch someone play them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the same sort of thing, right? You'd have your buddies over to sit on the couch, and sometimes you just let them play and watch. Because um, it was fun. You could still talk about it, or you could just sit back and mm-hmm. watch somebody that was good at it. Um but yeah, so, I mean, you know. So I was going to say, speaking, so like, let's say you do have uh, friends over. Yeah. Do you choose, uh, uh, so let's say, you know, like you're a bunch of guys on a couch and you're about to play a game and everyone's like playing, everyone's and like, okay, like, okay, Jimmy can't beat this guy. Let's, let's let Duke try. Duke can't beat this guy. Let's let uh, Krabby pl- try. When, at what point does one of you look at the others and say, should we lower the difficulty? Or do you not even say that because you don't want people thinking you're a baby? I guess it depends if that's an option, right? Right. If that's an option. Um, I don't know. Uh, people Because people like Krabby yeah. intimidate me with playing everything he's, on pretty much hard all yeah, the time. he's good. He's very uh, good. He's very good. And there are games that I absolutely play on uh, uh, All Madden, mm-hmm. like which is just my way of saying the highest difficulty a game offers. Um, there are certain games that I think do a good enough job with uh, balancing the difficulty that that's the most fun for me. Like we play Rainbow Six Vegas one and two on the highest difficulty, uh, which I think is called realistic. Um, and, uh, with no response, I think it's absolutely the most fun way to play that game. Like you walk around a corner, you get shot, you're dead. Like, it's like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> but like, it, it's, it makes you better at the game very quickly um, and I've, and I, I think it was Call of Duty 4, the first one where they went like modern with the warfare. Um, there was an achievement in it for like, oh, beat the game on the hardest difficulty. And that was when I first, okay, let me try this game on the hardest difficulty. And I played through the entire game on whatever the highest difficulty was. There was one part that really, really, really got me frustrated and took me like a couple of hours to get through. But overall, I was way happier with that game on the highest difficulty than with uh you know with uh, a lower difficulty but it's weird because it's it's not always the case like a lot of games feel cheap yeah um so let's get into that i mean when we talk about difficulty in games there's really two sides to the coin right there's mm-hmm. really tuned difficulty and then there's just crap game design right yep. the game is just poorly made yep. Or, or not even sometimes designed. Sometimes, okay, the game's designed really great. The difficulty's great. And then a suit or a publisher or whoever says, yeah, but it's not long enough. And they're like, yeah, but it's perfect the way it is. And then someone says, uh, make it harder. Yeah. Then it'll take, then it'll take longer to finish. And then you have games that are frustratingly difficult. Yeah. Um, and I guess that would be contributed to bad game design or at least a bad game design decision. Yeah, I mean, because there are some games that are difficult and it is more of mastering a skill, right? You know that once you can learn the skill and perform it, you'll be okay. 
Right. And there are some games that are just just cheap. I mean, yep. there's really no other way to say it. Or there are scenarios that are set up where if you don't follow this certain thing they want you to do, you'll die no matter what, right? It doesn't have anything sure, to do with right. skill. Play along with the story. You know, do your thing. Yeah. I, I ran into a – I think it was Enslaved. Mm-hmm. There was this segment, this uh, set piece segment that like over and over and over again, I was doing everything exactly right. Oh, you know where else this happened to me? It definitely happened to me in Rayman uh, Legends. Um, what was the first one? Was it Legends? And the second one was – no, Origins. Sorry. It was Rayman Origins. There's a segment where, you know, the screen's kind of moving, so, like, you have to, like, get through this whole little thing. And I got to it, and I must have died, like – you have to do the whole thing. I must have died, like, at least eight or ten times before I was like, okay, I'll look up the, on the friggin' internet, like, how to do this. Because <laughs> I kept dying. And I found this thing where it was like, oh, yeah, like, it's actually a bug in the game. Like, there's no way to get by that part. Oh, wow. Unless, unless you, like, hug this tree for, like – if you it's, it's actually – the problem was I did it too fast. So that when I got up this tree to like jump to the next segment, the screen was squishing me between like the, you know, the back of the screen and the tree. So they're like, you just have to wait on this tree branch for an extra few seconds. And then like, you'll be able to move oh, through it. Yeah. Cause if you do it too fast, it's so I'm like, ugh, like that kind of thing, like re- ends up really bugging me. Yeah. And enslaved, definitely same thing. Like I died a bunch of times in one spot and it was like, oh, you're, you're, you're not doing anything wrong, but you have to do it this way. Yeah, because there are some games that are designed where you'll have normal game parameters that say this is the way the world works and this mm-hmm. is what you have to do. And then all, all of a sudden they'll give you this one weird little scenario where everything is thrown out the window, right? You right. It, you can't do that anymore. I mean, I've, I remember games where I would play where, I, um, you know, normally you might be able to shoot a certain person. Right. Mm-hmm. And, right. and normally that's always the case, but there'll be this one character that for whatever reason, you can't do that. Right. And suddenly yeah. you have and, to go to a certain point to activate something. And, and when you're, and, and so when you say that, there's two things that stick out to me, two examples of where, of, of, you know, where I, where I see that happening in games. And one of them is in, um, uh, I guess it's really not the same thing in the Arkham, uh, the Batman Arkham series, because the enemies don't change halfway through the game. You just have enemies that are impervious to certain kinds of attacks. Um, so I guess that's not really totally the same thing. You're talking about like, okay, these are the rules of the whole game. Oh, it's different now. Now you have to do something else. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's. Can you think of uh, something where you ran into that? <sighs> yeah, I'm trying to think. I wish it's been a little while since we we played it last year. But remember Bioshock Infinite? Um, mm-hmm. I remember there was this one area that normally, again, if you see a guy, you can pick him off. And no big deal, right? That's kind of the right. rules of the game. Shoot the guy. But there was this one guy in some sniping area. So I can't remember what it is. It's been so long. But you couldn't kill him. Okay. It and would, is it because he was like, uh, he was just part of the scene and he was going to be there no matter what? Yeah, whatever it was, right? It was just, it was there deliberately to put you into a nasty position when you got to a certain spot okay. and you couldn't avoid it, right? Even though okay. it, it was totally logic breaking with the game because mm-hmm. you could do it any other time ever. This okay. one time they wanted to put you into a certain spot and right. you just had to deal with it. Okay. Um, that's. To me, that's frustrating. If you, to me, difficulty is okay if you stay to the same rules. You right. Know? You want you want consistency. Yeah. 
like in Metroid, when you shoot the purple uh, floaty sluggy thing, and he makes that like ripping sound, <laughs> you you know that you can shoot him with missiles. If there was another enemy that you shot that was like had that like you know that hard metal sound, yeah. you know what? Okay, I know that I'm not hurting him with this weapon. Right. So like if they you know if like they changed a regular game convention for no reason, that's you know, there's been times when like I've been really frustrated on something. And then I look up the, you know, after a while, I look up the remedy or I ask somebody and there's two reactions when this happens. It's either like, oh, of course, that makes so much sense. And I still appreciate the way the game is designed and everything's great. Or you find the answer and you're like one of one of two variants, like I was doing that and it wasn't working. <laughs> right. And the other one is, are you freaking kidding me? That doesn't make any sense at all. You know, so uh yeah, how but was yeah, I supposed to know to do this, right? Right. Like, oh, well, if you do that. And, like, the thing is, like, you do get a little bit of that in good games that are trying to make you think outside the box, like uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Because um, you really do have to th- have to really look around and think, okay, what can I possibly do to take this thing down? So, like, that's the only one of the exceptions that I can think of. But, yeah, I mean, like, especially, like, on big boss fights where you're, you know, you you're, you try everything and you're like, okay, I'm not scratching this dude. What do I have to do? Yeah, and so I want to make the distinction pretty early on in this conversation that when we're talking difficulty, can we just we can just throw out crap game design, right? Let's just right because that's it's just yeah. junk, right? So we'll talk about actual game design and what makes for good difficulty versus bad difficulty. Yeah. So when when you deal with a game, like you said, like oh, you know, you played this Call of Duty four on the hardest difficulty and you felt really good about it. Mm-hmm. Why did you feel really good about that versus some other game that was really difficult? That you just said, "Screw it, I'm going to easy." Um, the 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 main part of it for that for me, at, like in a first person shooter, and it depends on which one I'm playing. But like in general, I don't like being able to run out into a wide open area, take a couple of shots from whoever you know decides to be shooting me. I just look over at that guy. You mow everybody down, you run everybody over. Like, it's, it's not fun. Like, it's almost like playing, uh, something with a game genie on. <laughs> right. You're like, okay, like, yeah, it's really cool that game genie can do this and I have uh, infinite lives, but like, the game's not fun anymore. Like, the game needs rules to be fun. Mm-hmm. So you, you pop the difficulty up and you walk out from behind a rock. Someone snipes you in the arm. You're down to 30% life and you pop back behind it. You're like, whoa, <laughs> right. this is, this is serious. Yeah. I can't and then, play. and then, you start to appreciate the nuance. Like you, if you didn't ever do that, you would have no idea about the nuance of the control. Like, okay, like I want to crouch and I want to peer out around side this thing. And I want to zoom in and I want to see if I can shoot this guy in the shoulder to disable him and then get his little guy. Like, so you start thinking about how to play the game and how the game wants you to play it versus how you want to play the game. And it's, it, it's, it becomes less just run out and shoot all the things and more about, you know, the, the, the systems of the game. Um, so, uh, that's, you know, for me, if I, sometimes I just want to sit down and play like Halo for 20 minutes and get through a level, I'll put it on easy and I'll blow through it. But if I, you know, like when you put that difficulty up, if the game design is good, you are playing all the systems the way that they were designed to be played. So can you tell me an example of a game where you went, this is, tough i'm not happy it's tough let me play it on an easier level mass effect 2 really 
I played Mass Effect One to death. I played it on Insanity. Yeah. I played it on you know the highest difficulty that I could. You know, like not on the first playthrough because because you know you, you can kind of new game plus it. Yeah, yeah. So then once you get out done with the first game, everything's great, right? And and the shooting in that game is not fantastic, but you know you get through it. You learn how to do it. Once you level up your you know your aim enough, like you know your sniper rifle isn't like dancing around the screen like it is towards the beginning. Right. So the second game, I was like, okay. I'm going Insanity because, you know, I, I destroyed Mass Effect 1. It's going to be great. And Insanity, to me, was was too hard, like, right from the beginning. And it was a different kind of hard than than the first game. It was it was more like, like wow, like, I, I take lots of damage very quickly, and I didn't feel like I was doing enough damage when I was, you know, just pop out of cover, pop, 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 and then go back in. I really felt like it was way too much damage coming into me. So I was like, okay, to be fair, I didn't play Insanity on the first playthrough of Mass Effect 1, so let me play through on normal, and then like on my New Game Plus type mode, I'll I'll do Insanity. And what's that first mission where like you go to, was it Mars or someplace? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. The first mission where like you show up and it's like, oh, what's going on here? And like, I remember playing it like five or six times and being like on Insanity, and I was like, I I can't play this, and this is no good. And I just remembered thinking, since I knew about the game, I was like, okay, in like 15, 20 hours, I'm going to be surrounded by enemies. There's going to be like those bloody veins all over my screen, and I'm not going to be able to like... So I was like, you know what? I, I, I could tell right away that this was not for me. Like, it it was it didn't have the, uh, the feeling of something that I would be... Uh, happy with playing even if i could get by it i felt like it would be frustrating no matter what so i just backed it up to normal and i that's where i stayed with mass effect 2 huh um now having i've i've beat mass effect 2 on insanity uh Mm -hmm. i know exactly where you're coming from the biggest hurdle is like the first couple missions in that game once you get a few weapons and start leveling up it really eases out uh, mm-hmm. but it does it puts up like this gigantic barrier at a front where you have no firepower and no skills to use right. and and quite honestly not wonderful companions either right um, and like there's there's like these little like four-legged dog yep. things that i remember yep. and you're like dude they're running at me yep. i'm just trying to stay in cover and just survive and like nope eight really powerful dogs are running at you so like to me i was like well if i like, you know i didn't i no one's ever told me I don't even know if I would have played it if someone told me, oh, it eases up. I probably would have been like, whatever, that game made me mad. I'm not going back to it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I really did enjoy Mass Effect 1 on Insanity. So it's, if the, if the next gen trilogy ever happens, I probably would give it another go. The problem with, um, maybe we won't make this whole Mass Effect 2 show, but, uh, the problem with Mass Effect 2 is your companions are dumb as rocks. Um, so you have to get on Insanity, you have to get so used to, leading them by the neck everywhere mm-hmm. you can't let them ever do what they want to do because the yeah. ai is stupid so you have to turn their pa- their auto powers off <laughs> yeah you got to use your can- wheel like crazy you have to mm-hmm. place them in exactly where you want them to be at all times see see here's the thing that like i, I understand like you know like ha- like how that would work yep. it doesn't sound like anything <laughs> i'd have any interest in doing yeah i understand um, one of my favorite things about three was, you know, the whole better with connect deal with like, uh, yo, 
singularity right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Okay, you got it. Like, oh, that is beautiful. I, I play that on Insanity. Yeah, yeah, I did that too. Um, but no, I see. I know where you're coming from because I did that probably when I played through Mass Effect 2 on Insanity, that first mission – yeah, I probably spent that, a couple yeah. hours getting past yeah, it. I probably spent a little bit less than that, but like I, you know, I could tell pretty quickly. Okay, it's not just. It's like I don't think it's me. I think it's the way the game wants me to play it, and I don't want to play the yeah. game like that. No, no, I so, understand. And that, I guess that's the distinction between bad game design. It's just like, and uh, Crisis Two is another one. Crisis Two is extremely difficult if you're not playing it the way that they want you to play it. They want you to very slowly, and methodically plan your plan of attack in every scenario and i remember like i didn't like it at first then like i stuck with it and crisis one's the same way and i stuck with it and then eventually it was kind of like not the same kind of game but like almost like the last of us where like you don't just barge in in the last of us like you kind of sneak in you look at everybody you figure out your plan of attack and then you try to execute it uh crisis is the same way and a friend of mine uh, was like oh yeah i never got into those and i was like seriously i just had to figure out how the game wanted me to play it, and now I'm having nothing but fun. And uh, he he had a pretty good argument. He said, you know, well, that's the way the game wants me to play it. That's not the way I want to play the game. Which I see where he's coming from too, because Mass Effect Two was like that for me. So I, it's it's a pretty deep uh, uh, discussion, and I, and I don't think there's you know one answer per game. It just you know it sometimes depends on the player. Yeah, I mean, I've got a friend and. He plays everything on the absolute lowest difficulty period. And when I ask him, I'm like, you know, did you get tired of that? And he goes, mm-hmm. no, my time's more valuable, right? I I 100% like don't look down on people who no, play at lower yeah. difficulties, which I think would be a, a, a thing that some people probably would look and be like, oh, that guy, uh, oh, he's, yeah. not play, he's not playing on all Madden. Um, but at the same time, like, I and it's not even just now being like, you know, grown up, house, kid, job with the time. Um, even before I had all that stuff, like if someone's like, no, like my time's too valuable. I'm like, I hear that. Yeah. Like it is, there's nothing wrong. If you just want to play it on, play a game on easy, be done with it in a couple hours. You got it. It's, you know, it's, it's, I don't, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a wrong way, uh, uh, to play it. No. And the way he plays games is he does like the game fly thing. So he just mm-hmm. wants to turn and burn, you know, get through a game, get another one, get through it, get another one. Right. Um, whereas I have no problem spending a very long period of time playing one game. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm more about. Am I having a ton of fun playing this? Like I used to fire something up. I was like, okay, I'm going to finish this game. Yeah. And then after a little while, I did that for a while. I'm like, wow, I'm really glad I did this because I, I. I never would have. I love this game. This game was great. I stuck with this. I made it to the end. I finished a lot of games, but as you know, as as I've gotten beyond that, I'm like, okay. I'll give it a little while. I'll give it a fair amount of time and I'll even go back and give some games a few chances that I didn't give. I thought, you know, enough of a chance, but if I'm not having a ton of fun with a game after a fair amount of time, I'm done. I'm not sticking with stuff. Yeah. Um, and I don't make that call based on judgment. I, yeah, like you said, I make it based on whether I'm enjoying the experience or not, because, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's been games where I wanted to like them. Um, oh, of course. Um, I'll give you an example. I don't, I, don't th- I don't think you ever go into a game hoping that you're not going to like <laughs> yeah. it. You know what I mean? But like, it's uh, uh, you, sometimes you go into an experience thinking, 
uh, you know, this may not be the best thing ever, but I'm going to give it a go and see what happens. Like that happens. Yeah. Um, for, I'll give you a, a quick example. Like the last couple, you know, we both have Xbox One and Xbox Live. So they give you the free games, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've played either of the last one or this one. But uh, there was Super Time Force uh, that they gave us for free, mm-hmm. which was one of these, it's an indie game, and it's meant to be like, oh, hey, haha, we're going to make fun of 8-bit games and 80s action movies, basically. Um, I wanted to like it for the, you know, the premise of what it was. I played mm-hmm. it for a while, and then I just got to the point where I, it was difficult, mm-hmm. but it wasn't f- fun, Right. You know, it was more like, haha, get to the next pun. Okay, sure. go beat the crap out of yourself again. And I had a weird yeah. mechanic that didn't I didn't enjoy. It just seemed to be annoying for annoying's sake. <laughs> um, so I just went, yeah, I'm done. And then right. this month we get Vulgar the Barbarian, which quite honestly is a blatant Raston ripoff right off the front. They know it, though. They know it. Right. The first mm-hmm. level is even designed exactly like the first level of Raston. Um, which I, I love Raston, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but again, it's just, it's like right off the bat, it's like, we're just going to beat the crap out of you and there's really no reward for it. We're going to, you know, every time right. you die, we're going to kick you way back and eh, whatever, you know? So there, there's just no re- reward at all for doing it. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, you know, it really... <sighs> It, it, I mean, it spreads across genres. Like there are, there are certain genres that I feel like, like for sports games, for instance, like I play hockey games a lot, right? I don't want to lose a hockey game. I just don't want to lose it. Okay. Like, like ever. All right. So if I'm playing a game, like I don't want to be like a real life New York Rangers where it's like, oh, well, like, you know, like we're like, you know, 38 wins and 22 losses, but like, you know, we're putting up a good fight. Like, I want to be like 56 and oh, <laughs> like I, I, I just, I get, you know, that's how I want to be. I'm like, I get really frustrated when I lose these games. So like on the one hand, I want the games to be like realistic and have like, you know, have to really play defense and like my mistakes are my own and I own that stuff. So it's like, if that's the way it is, okay, like I'll deal with it. But in, in that, like in like, if I'm playing like a season, you know, like in a hockey game, and I really feel, okay, like, I'm out shooting these guys, like, 38 to 14. I'm out hitting them. I'm playing super awesome defense. And if I feel like, okay, like, a chip uh, puck that, like, I really should have po-checked, but, like, you know, the computer made it go through my stick, gets on the stick of this, uh, like, you know, 47 out of 100 defensemen, and he gets a shot past Lundquist, like, that's the kind of cheap stuff where I'm, like, it just drives me crazy. And, like, sometimes there's nothing you can do but lower the difficulty because I'm like, well, I'm not going to keep playing with it like this. So like, uh, it's, it's, it's weird because games that I feel are cheap or the difficulty is not, you know, balanced on no matter what you do, I'll just stop playing them. Yeah. Like you, like you did with uh super time cop. Force. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is strange. But, um, I'll contrast that right back to another game on Xbox one. That I played recently. Um, that probably had similar or more difficulty at parts was um, Guacamelee. Right? I love that game. I loved it, and I I, love I beat that, that game, game to death. Mm-hmm. Um, it was difficult. At there times. are some there are some moments where 
because I really don't like games that just throw more enemies at you. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like, like almost like Batman, like towards the end of the Arkham games, it's like, okay, like, I know I'm Batman and I can kill everybody, but like, why are you throwing 87 guys at me in one fight? Like, it's not fun. I'm just like button mashing. But yeah, like, uh, Guacamelee did, a, I think, th- did a fantastic job training you the entire game long. This color equals this. This type of enemy is beaten this way. And they do it very gradually. So by the end of the game, you're fighting lots of enemies at once and you're really kind of string like uh, the fighting together but absolutely like there are some very difficult moments in that game um especially if you decide to go like down into like that pit area and do like those like uh trials like one after the yep. other oh but you, was, you uh, felt great when you finished them right oh yeah yeah even though that was really difficult i i never i never got to the like even i died a couple times i never got to the point where i was like oh this game's so super cheap. I was always like, I know exactly why I died, and it was my fault. I can do it better. Yeah, um, and that's a t- it's tough, and I, I feel for developers because I look mm-hmm. at these games, right? And I go, okay, I really loved Guacamelee. I don't love these other ones. The difficulty on them is all mm-hmm. can be pretty challenging. Why, why some not the I- other? Right. I think it's really difficult for developers to gauge difficulty because they've been playing this game for so long. Mm-hmm. And they've inadvertently just gotten really, really, really good at it, which is why they have testers. But the thing is, if you are a professional video game tester, you're really good at video games. Um, so I think it's a very, very tight rope to walk um, with like, okay, get a team who's really good at this game and testers that are really good at this game and balance it for the average person. And the other thing they have working against them, the average video game uh, player is becoming like, more and more of a casual player, you know, now as opposed to 15, 20 years uh, ago. Um, and when the, like companies have talked about this, they're like, yeah, like our newer games are easier than the older games in the series because more casual players are playing. We don't want to frustrate them. So, you know, there's a, th- there's a lot of things going against the developers and the publishers of the game, but uh, you know, that's, that's part of the business. Yeah. And then we have this, opposite effect that seems to be coming back around now where there's some developers are like it, they think it's sexy to make punishingly difficult games sure right um sure kind of go back to you know when we were playing games you know a lot of the games on the nes and whatnot are tough they're really yeah. hard right v- v- very tough they couldn't fit a ton onto that card yeah and they didn't want you beating it like in an afternoon you know, with a couple of buddies, they wanted you playing it for a long time and telling your friends, they buy this, you'll, you'll be playing it forever. So, yeah, a lot of games are extremely difficult. Yeah. <laughs> you fire them up and you are dead, like, minute out of the gate. Um, Or, like, you know, you get a little bit ways in and then you die and then, okay, you got to start back at the beginning. And on the one hand, it's frustrating, but at the same time, you really had to get really, really good at that game or else you couldn't keep playing it. So you had to improve. Yeah, and some of that seems to be coming back around. Some of that flavor and that sentiment mm-hmm. where there's this, like you say, there's this reaction to the, um, I like to call it the press A to win games, right? Sure. Where if you just put time into it, you will beat the game. Right. Right. There's no way you won't win the game if you play it. Right. Um, 
And yeah, there's these are these things are out there. There's a lot of like you say, casual players. I understand the developers have to go out and have to court these people, so they do it in one of two different ways. I mean, you'll either have the select a difficulty, which I don't know if that's necessarily a cop out. Um, it's just an option, maybe. Right. I, I also not to interrupt. Yeah. but I also feel like those are never what they tell you that they are. Like, a lot of games don't just say easy, medium, hard. Like a lot of them will say, like, okay, easy. If you're new to first-person shooters, start here. Yeah. And then medium. If you're familiar with first-person shooters but not familiar with Bioshock, start here. And then hard. If you're familiar with Bioshock and you want to challenge, like, start, like, I, because, I, like, I always answer that honestly. I'm like, okay, not, like, I'm not new to first-person shooters. I've played every Bioshock game on pretty high difficulty. Let's go. And I'm like... Uh, it's either too difficult or too easy. Like, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like it's it's a very difficult uh, balance. It is. So I mean, that's one one way out is to give the selectable difficulties, and the other way is you just have to build something that is what it is, and so either that mm-hmm. ends up being too easy or or sometimes pretty challenging. Right. Um. So I. I guess if you think about systems and games uh, and when difficulty is an issue, what is what is the magic for you or what gives you that feeling of reward versus this is just just drudgery? It's just work that I have to put in, you know? Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to point it like – because if there was one magic thing, everybody would just do that magic thing. Um, for me – when a game's difficult, it's, it's, it's really the, the, it's when a developer puts a, th- puts like a magic bullet in to kill you, even though you did everything right. Mm, yeah. For like artificial difficulty uh, being yeah. higher. Uh. Um, like, uh, like again, that's one of those things. Okay. Make the game longer. Like, you know, make bullets be able to kill you behind concrete, like stuff like that. Like my original example of Call of Duty Modern Warfare one, um, very high difficulty, couple of shots and you're dead. Uh, I really felt like the, okay, so now that you know a couple of shots and you're dead, I have to move very slowly. Now that you know I have to move very slowly, you start going through and then, you know, you come around a corner and there's a guy there. By the time you get into your iron sights, okay, he's killed you. Now you've learned, okay, I need to be in iron sights going around unsafe corners because I need to be the first one shooting. Okay, so now you do that. So the systems of the game just like not by doing anything cheap, but just by following like the conventions of the world makes you bet a better player at the game. Um, anything that goes outside those, like you were saying before, anything that goes outside the normal convention of the game for the purpose of making the game more difficult or killing you or making you try to do something else. That's the piece that really frustrates me where I'm like, okay, I'm only doing this because they decided this is the way that they, you know, want me to like, you know, do this one little section. So if it follows the parameters of the world in the game, the way it exists and I can get through it, then I feel good about it. If it's anything else, I'm usually frustrated. I think a big thing for me is if there is a system in place where skill is rewarded, so mm-hmm. it's really more if the game is about learning the mechanics and performing the mechanics. Well, A, if the mechanics are good to begin with. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a given. Um, the, I enjoy that, right? Because all I know mm-hmm. is I just have to become a little better at doing this. Then I'll succeed. The ones that turn me off at least anymore are the ones where 
pattern memorization, right? The game is all about pattern memorization. Right. Um, it doesn't really matter how good or bad you are at it. Is it, did you know this guy is around the corner and will shoot you? Right. right. <laughs> so did you have to yep. die five times to figure that out? Um, or do you have to do something weird or different to get around that situation? Yep. And and the one part in Modern Warfare that frustrated me, it's called it was called No Fighting in the War Room. And missiles are about to launch, so you have like eleven minutes or whatever to get from like your starting point, like all the way to like the missile launching room. And the thing is, it it went it like we're talking, it went against the regular convention of the game. You're not supposed to be rushing and like, there's like two or three points in the game where it's like, okay, you got to get out in nine minutes. And it's like, okay, the whole game you've been teaching (laughs) me not to just run out in the open. And now you're telling me get to that point in nine minutes. I'm like, okay, it's so you have me. And a lot of it felt like luck of the draw. So like I would run for 30 yards and then I would get gunned down. So the next time I ran for 28 yards and then I hid behind a building and then I ran for another 30 yards, you know, so no fighting in the war room. You ended up like you went downstairs, guy in the right shot you. He's always there. So now, okay, run down the stairs, shoot the guy in the right. And it feels like Groundhog Day gaming. <laughs> right, yep. Like I'm not actually playing the systems of the game. Um, and the, 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 you know what games do a good job of that? Cause they're like, they want you to experience this, uh, you know, big action sequence, but like, they don't want to kill you 30 times. Like call of duty Uh does pretty much every like uncharted game has like three or four sequences where like you have to like run or escape or like do some. And like, it's not a QTE, like you're actually playing, but like it's designed in a way that you know what you're supposed to do, even though like the death of dying is like at every step. So like when you're like running through like a burning building and like, you gotta, you know, dodge certain things or like you know go a certain way they always i always get them on the first or second try and they always feel like oh that was so great that lets you definitely know that they're doing something right right, right. um i'll be honest though uh yeah this all this stuff that's forced cinematics uh and but play through the cinematic portion i can really just leave it um if you if you want to be cinematic just do a cutscene. You know, mm-hmm. just I'm fine with that. Um, don't make <laughs> me do weird things that I don't normally do or don't put me in like some weird one time off sequence, uh, you know. OK, so kind of here's a big question, right? Um, should a game be difficult at all? Is this something that we need? Um, I mean, I think that's an opinion question. I, I My answer would probably be it. I don't think a game needs to be difficult. So I don't think every game should be super difficult. I don't think every game should be super easy. There are certainly games that don't need to be difficult. Um, but there's so many different kinds of players out there. Like, I really feel like not just selectable difficulty is the answer, but more than two or three levels of selectable difficulty or something like NHL or like the sports games where there's like sliders and tweaks for every single rule or physics or like, you know, something in the game. So that way, if there's like, you know, 37 systems, you can tweak it. Um, But I don't think by any stretch that games need to be difficult. Yeah, I think it really depends on the game, but kind of like what you were going into earlier, adding difficulty to try to lengthen something. I think it's mm-hmm. it's just a bad idea. Yeah. Um, if you don't have content, you don't have content. Um, don't right. punish me because you messed up <laughs> when you designed mm-hmm. your game. Um, 
I'm okay. I I don't ever feel bad if I play a good game and it was short. Does does that right. bother you? Not at all. Yeah, no. Um, some some of my favorite games in, in recent years are are short games, and this was a big thing for a while, like with Alan Wake and with uh, Portal and with um, what was it? Uh, uh, you know. I guess Bastion's not really that short, but like all these like short game people, you know, like everybody was all like get crazy about it. And I don't even think it's like regular people. I think it really is just the loudest people on the internet <laughs> and not the majority of the people on the internet. But like it's short, short games are awesome. Like it's, it's a game that's amazing for the amount of time that you're, it's there for and it doesn't overstay its welcome and it leaves you wanting to play more. Like what's bad about that? There's like a, and then the thing is like, uh, uh, everyone complains about short games and then the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword comes out. It's 50 hours long and people complain that it's too long. <laughs> right. What the hell do you want? Right. Oh, well, oh, well, you know, I want, I just felt, oh, it was too long. It's a Zelda game. It should be like, it should be like 18.5, 18.7 hours. <laughs> like, it, is it fun or not? Like, what's, yeah. I, I really, I really don't understand the people who are like, oh, this game was awesome, but oh, not for, but it's only seven hours long. It's not a $60 game. It's a $24 yeah. game. Yeah. Like, fun is fun. Yeah. Um, you know, like, recently, you know, I played through The Wolf Among Us. Mm-hmm. It was great. And it's short. And, and, it's really and short. You, and you loved the Walking Dead uh, Telltale games. I did. And so this is the same, uh, you know, same guys, obviously. So um, is this a similar thing where it's like a, like a subscription deal with chapters? Yeah. Okay, and you played through the entire thing. It didn't take me very long to play through the whole season. Really? Like maybe like less than seven hours? Probably around that. Okay. I, I have I have zero issues with that. Like one of the biggest knocks against Alan Wake when it came out was like, oh, it's under ten hours. Like, who cares? Like the the entire ten hours is awesome. Yeah. Um, so again, I, man, don't don't ratchet weird things into your game just to try to lengthen these things out. Um, right. I don't, I don't know who these people are that are complaining, like you say, but that's not going to come from me. I don't, I don't have that right. issue. Um, I, I, I think I'd rather, rather than the other, right. Don't, don't drag me along forever if you don't need to. Right. Um, if you've got content, great. I'm sure I'm there. If not, yeah. that's okay. If, if- yeah, if if you're you know if your Fallout style game just if it has that much world to it and that much you know many interesting quests and places to explore, I'm on board. Like, where where do I put my hundred hours? Like, right there. Okay, but like, yeah, if it's like okay, if you have a three hour great game, like, don't just make it twelve hours like for the sake of making it twelve hours. Yeah, I mean, like on the same hand as I uh, I loved the Wolf Among Us. It was really great. I played it. Um, I just sunk a couple months into Dark Souls, and I had about a hundred mm-hmm. hours in yep. to beat that. You know what I mean? And I get, I loved it too. Um, and it has a, a much different difficulty uh, mm-hmm. and time investment, but it, quality games uh, are good. I think that's that's right. good. Um, so when it comes down to things like rewards right what mm-hmm. what are the systems in place that make you feel good about playing a difficult game they used to be achievements <laughs> oh all right there you go they are they are not achievements anymore no i have no problem with people who love achievements sure, yeah. i i used to be in the tribe 
Um, I used to be on 360 achievements. I used to have checklists printed out. Oh. I used to care more about the achievements that, I, like, I wanted to get to a thousand points. I wanted to, you know, like max a game out. Um, something, something snapped one day where, uh, where I just started to realize, like, I wasn't like whatever the current game I was playing and the achievement I was going for, I was like, I'm not having any fun. Oh yeah. And I, and I almost like cold Turkey, like in one day was like, I don't care about achievements anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I had, I had more than anyone that I knew had, and I don't really have that many. I just, this was kind of like when achievements were new, I had like 50,000 or something. Mm -hmm. and, and that was back when like people would see that and be like, Whoa, I didn't know it went that high. And like, you know, now they have a million and people have 800,000 and stuff, but yeah, like I really, you know, it, it used to be achievements and the way I used to justify it is, you know, I didn't really care so much about the achievement per se, but a lot of achievements made you play the game differently. Oh yeah. And I appreciated that different look. So there's a, uh, in Half-Life 2, there's a, an area called Ravenholm that's kind of like there. It's like the middle of the game or like early to middle of the game where you have to go through this area that's filled with like the face huggers and like the zombified dudes. And it's, it's a little on the scary side. It's not the regular like action shooter that Half-Life normally is. And there was an achievement for playing through that entire segment using only the gravity gun. Now the gravity gun, you can like grab something, you know, with the gravity gun and then you can fire it. So you would grab a box, fire it. You grab a buzzsaw, like fire it. There wasn't always a lot of stuff to use. So like sometimes you'd be faced with some enemies and you had to figure out creative ways to get around them. So like I remember getting that achievement and I was like, that was awesome. Like I didn't really care about like the 30 points in the achievement or having the achievement. I just thought it was cool to play the game in a different way. Kind of like the way the NES remix games have you do things differently with the, you know, on the Wii U. Oh yeah, that's great. So, um, yeah, for a while it was achievements. I, really like i made a conscious conscious decision to stop caring about achievements i don't look at them anymore um once in a while they'll pop up and i'm like oh cool i got an achievement but like whatever but uh but yeah that was was one of the things i was like okay does this game have an achievement for being as a higher difficulty and if it didn't i didn't raise the difficulty for a bit and just after a while i was like this doesn't make any sense like i'll just do it you know rationally instead of achievement based yeah, I hear where you're coming from with that because I wonder how much that does influence um, people's play style. Um, it it, def it definitely does. Like, if there's, you know, I'm not saying everybody's like, if there's not an achievement for max difficulty, they're not doing max difficulty, but they're planning their playthrough of the game with the achievement list because if there's achievements that are missable, mm -hmm. they don't want to play the game a second time. Cause be, and it's not because they don't want to play the game a second time. It's just because they have other games that they want to play to get the achievements in. Uh, like, I, like, I'm a recovering uh, addict. Like, I understand the sickness. Okay. So, but it's um, very meta, right? Very, very. That's all it is. Uh -huh. It's it's just a great big meta game. And like, uh, you know, again, there's a bunch of dudes on RF Gen who are big yeah. achievement hunters, yeah. and that's fine. That's totally cool. And if you love it, you know, that's great. Um, I'm just saying like it, it took me a while to kind of realize that play style wasn't for me. And it was all of it. One of the games that pulled me out of achievements was Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah. Cause there's none, right? <laughs> I was, I wasn't playing anything and anything other than 360 because I wanted achievements. Oh. And then Super Mario Galaxy came out and I was like, well, I've heard it's really good. Let me buy it and play it. And I bought it and played it. And for the first time in like the longest time, I was like, I've had more fun playing this game with no achievements than I've had playing anything on Xbox in the last like six months. And it's just because the game is great. 
And that's one of the things that pulled me away from like, okay, don't care about the achievements. Find a great game. Once you find the great game, if you want to go for achievements, totally cool. But I was not even paying attention to the game. It's just, if there was achievements that I didn't have, I had to have them. Yeah. Um, did you ever get onto the uh, achievement uh, uh, band? I didn't. I mean, you know, I've been on <laughs> I've been on Xbox for I don't know forever. I think like my live profiles is like eleven years. Yep. I still haven't cracked like fifty thousand points. So I mean, yeah. that you probably you, tells you, you you kind of have to try because the, most game because when the, the first batch of games that came out like King Kong and like NHL two K seven or whatever, yep. just by playing the game you got to a thousand points. Mm. Because no one had kind of figured out how to do achievements. Right. And then after a while, it was like, they're very specific and you have to try for them. So, like, a lot of times, if you're not specifically looking at the achievement list, you could finish the single player in a game, play a little bit of multiplayer, and you have, like, 240 of a 1,000 points. Yeah. Because, like, you have to, you know, you have to intentionally go for them. Yeah. Um. You know, I mean, just, again, an example, Dark Souls, right? Um, mm-hmm. I I looked through some of the lists of achievements in there. A lot of them are just like get all of these, max all of this out. That 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 that. And I'm that that's not fun to me. That's yeah. not the fun part. <laughs> uh, the the game but, itself is really good. Yeah. That's the part I want to play. I, I don't really care to do these the other wor- things. Uh, the, the worst set of achievements I've ever seen was for one of my favorite games on the PlayStation Three uh, called Heavy Rain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, Heavy Rain is a game that is all about your experience, like your story. Mm. Depending on what you do, the story changes. You're not supposed to, you know, restart if you, you know, if someone dies and you didn't want them to. It's like, well, that's what happens in your game. But it didn't mean for it to happen. It doesn't matter. That's what happens in your story. Mm. Um, There's achievements in Heavy Rain like, oh, uh, uh, view every ending. View every possible scenario for the kitchen scene. Mm. Uh, View everything. It's like, dude. Like what? Like where is the fun in that? Right. Like you're just asking someone to play the game seven times in the seven different like possible ways. Like that's not fun at all. Yeah. <laughs> and the and and David Cage who designed the game, he got up and like and this is where I realized oh the the sometimes the uh, developer has nothing to do with the achievement <laughs> yeah. list because he got up and told people don't restart. Don't play it again. Your one playthrough is your one playthrough, and it's filled with achievements. View every possible ending to the games. No, don't do that. Yeah, they didn't come up with that stuff, huh? So no. The publisher says, this is how we yeah. can maximize um, Yeah, you know what? Time. We can get people playing it longer if this happens, and then they can say, oh, it's on the top seven uh, played PS3 games for this week. That and they've uh, companies have had to get themselves into this weird spot, which is... Don't flip your game to GameStop, right? Sure. Um, so right. if we can keep and, and, you playing it, yeah. it doesn't go back to GameStop. And they've told companies that for for a game to – the wording isn't relevant, but they're like – they said your, your, your window to release downloadable content that will stop people from trading the game back in, your, your window is like 30 to 45 days. So most companies aim to have at least one piece of DLC out within the first month, month and a half, because if t- if two months have gone by and there's no additional content, most people have moved off the game. Mm, that makes sense. At least at, at least the kind of people who are constantly buying new games from places like GameStop because they, they just flip through them. Right. Yeah. They buy it, take it, trade it in, get the next thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think that has made a, a big impact in how difficulty is implemented, right? Because mm-hmm. like you said before, you know, with PS2 or whatever, and before then, if there was difficulty selection, you picked the one that you felt like playing. Right. Right. And and then and then the other thing and then when the achievements came in, like if you try like there's another layer in there, like, okay, if you choose the okay, I'm gonna start with standard. And then it would tell you, well, just so you know, Bill, there's an achievement if you beat it <laughs> on the highest difficulty. So if you change or like let's say you start on the highest one and then someone gets two hours in and they're like, you know what, this isn't for me, I'm gonna back it down. You go to back it down, it's like, are you sure you wanna do this? Because there's an achievement if you do it like this. And now you're trying to convince people, okay, don't play at a level that's comfortable for you. Go for the achievement. So, yeah, I don't know. Just another layer of complexity to the issue, I guess. Yeah, and I think if you're not careful, it can be detrimental because it could take a game that you probably would have had fun with and turn it into a chore, right? Right. Yeah, and it's like I play – and I play a lot of Civilization V – and I play on a lot of different difficulties. Like, just because I'm a better than average player doesn't mean I play on, like, higher difficulty all the time. Sometimes I'm just looking for a game where, like, five civs aren't looking to go to war with me all at once. So I play on one or two, you know? Like, it just depends on, like, the, the type of game I'm looking for. Some kind of games deal with difficulty different in general, right? Um, mm-hmm. So you have a lot of games where they do right up front. Hey, how hard do you want it to be? Right. Um, but I think I sometimes have more appreciation for the way some other games handle difficulty. Um, we can go with uh, like a classic example of every Super Mario game ever, right? Sure. This game is what it is. Right. You have no choice in difficulty. It starts out pretty easy. Mm-hmm. We're going to teach you each technique as you play mm-hmm. through the game. By the yep. time you get to the end, it's going to be pretty tough. Yeah, we'll give you a suit here and there, and we'll give you opportunities to learn the suit powers. So, and they always, uh, at least for quite some time, since Super Nintendo, then they go, all right, and then what we're going to do is add these extra levels at the end that are right. really hard. Right. If you want to like, do yeah, if, yeah, if you want to be, if you want to be like a madman about it, and and Bionic Commando did that. And it's, it's, it's funny to me that like the, the, a remake of like a classic, uh, NES game <laughs> did this, like with like the challenge rooms and stuff. Like, okay, if you want to, and the thing is the games had like hidden items, uh, scattered throughout them. Okay. If you wanted to be, you know, the exploration guy or like really go above and beyond. But on top of that, there was the challenge rooms that had, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's a really good example with the, uh, with all the Super Mario games. But here's, Something that I wonder about Nintendo, because this has been kind of the model they've run off of, except for the last few, right? The last few they've put in this, well, if you die enough times, we're going to give you an item that basically makes you unkillable. And I do like that it's optional. Yeah, you, you don't can, have to you, take you, the power up. Yep, you can walk by that, but like, who's not going to take the invincible mushroom once you die 15 <laughs> yeah. times? Uh, um, yeah, because it's just too easy to do it, right? right? Right, and and on the one like I, I'm totally with you on this because the first time I, I, I this happened to me, I'm playing like you know New Super Mario 3D or whatever the game it was in, and I'm like that wasn't there before, right. and then I grab it, and then I'm like, oh, that's that's like a 30 second game genie. Yeah, it's your press A to win again, right? Yeah. It's, uh, Nintendo's gonna come along and go. Don't feel bad that you suck. Here, we'll just give you 
the keys and you don't have to be good anymore. <laughs> right? That's what we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So the, uh, I understand the need for that. You have younger and younger people playing. You want to keep people playing on your platform as long as possible. Frustration is a big roadblock for a lot of people to continue playing games. Like, I get it. And I try not to be grumpy old man with everything, with like, oh, that's not how we, you couldn't just grab the magic whip in Castlevania <laughs> and just kill the dragons at the beginning of level five. You know, like, it's, I, I try to kind of understand, like, you know, like, I'm, I'm a real big, like, adapt or die person. Like, if you can't adapt to it, like, just get out of here because, you know, that's the, the industry moves forward with you or without you. And that goes for everything. So, like, on the one hand, I get it. But I see how people could be like, oh, well, that's just that's a press A to win situation. Yeah. And I'm not here to I'm not really trying to beat up good, bad or otherwise. It's just that's a it's a thing. Right. It's it's a change that's that's come about. Um, I look at other games like like Minecraft. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my five year old daughter, Maddie, she's um she likes to play Minecraft, and there are two modes mm. to that game. There's, like, the survival mode where you actually have bad guys, and then there's the mm -hmm. creator mode where you just – there's no bad guys at all, right? Right, just sandbox, right? Yeah, you just do whatever you want to do, and you don't have to worry about it. And that's the only way she'll play that game, right? I've heard from so many parents of, like, five to seven-year-olds that all they play is copious amounts of Minecraft. Yeah, she'll just sit and build a house, and then she'll say, mm -hmm. "Come here, Dad. I'm going to show you, take you a tour of my house." Right. Okay. And it's and there's there's no there's no difficulty in that. You just sit down and you do what you're going to do. Yeah. And it doesn't make it less of a game. It doesn't make the person playing it less of the you know quote unquote gamer. Which like I'm getting more and more sick of that tag. <laughs> like the more like time that goes by. Yeah. Like uh, especially like, things like GamerGate. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, how about I'll just be guy who likes video games once in a while, yeah. and, like, you don't need to include me in any of your stuff. <laughs> yeah, just enjoy the hobby. That's yeah. all, right? Like, it's, it's and, and the thing is, like, and everyone's, everyone wants to be, it's either like, oh, you're not a hardcore gamer, oh, you're not a hardcore. Boy, yeah, hardcore oh, gamer. You're, oh, oh, you're, I'm not hardcore? Okay, that doesn't bother me. I am what I am, but, like, you know, people get all bent out of shape, like, uh, like, Oh, she's not a she's not a real Final Fantasy fan. She doesn't know that four and six and two. Uh, she doesn't know the numbers. She doesn't know who uh, Nobuo Umetsu is. Okay, like just calm down. Like there's a, there's there's enough like exclusion everywhere that like we don't need to find more reasons to exclude people. And just have uh, we're talking about games, man. They're just for fun, right? Yep. They're just for and like, fun. And, and like somehow there's, there's this group of people has like somehow like taken like moral ownership and they're going to be like the game police and tell people like, well, if you're a person who tells someone that they like are not some, you know, you need to tell someone else like, oh, like you're not this. You're the problem. Yeah. In this, in the situation. Like it's, 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 it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like it, it's almost like when, uh, uh, so like, the World Cup, right? So the World Cup happens. And then people who are really into that sport, they like give the people who aren't normally into it, they give them crap. They're like, oh, you're not a real fan. You're just into it because it's World Cup right now. So who <laughs> yes, cares? I, yeah. Who cares? That's a person who's into the thing that you're into. Or some other people that them? just watch the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, why wouldn't you include that person in the thing that you love? Like, isn't that the point? Like, maybe if you include them, 
they'd want to be into it more often and not be like, oh, I don't want to be into that thing. Everyone involved with it is a jerk, <laughs> <laughs> which is why I don't have an Android phone. But that's another story. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> just going to put that one out there and let you uh, uh, let that fester. Okay. It's a great device. I just don't want to be in the jerky phone club. Oh, right. Uh, that's <laughs> Bill. Uh, remember Bill. <laughs> not, not, not me. Um, but coming, coming back to, to games and difficulty. Um, oh, yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I want to stop and, and kind of bring it back into uh, when you're dealing with games, we kind of talked about some of this that, you know, the time is a factor. Do you mm-hmm. have you ever sit down and gone? Um, this game is difficult, and I know it's going to take me forever to play it. So even regards if I'm enjoying myself, I'm just going to not do that. Absolutely. Okay. Do you have and 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 uh, you know, and time's a big factor for me. Um, has that happened for you? If I'm enjoying it, I'm okay with just because the amount of time I'm going to devote to gaming is doesn't change much. It's just sure. I'm going to focus on this game for a long time to get it done. Okay, so that's that's usually how it is for me too. Like uh uh the, like uh when you know when I look at a game and I think okay, it's going to take me a long time to learn this game to like get proficient at it and then even once I'm proficient at it, it's a game that takes up a lot of time. Um more often than not I will just say, you know what, like, maybe this game isn't for me. I'm going to play something else. And maybe I move off of games too quickly. Um, and difficulty is definitely a factor. Um, you know, it's the, we, we've mentioned it a few times in this show already, but, uh, Dark Souls. Um, I own it. I played it for less than an hour. And the thing is, it's, it's, it's that same situation. I know if I stick with it, study, you know, how I'm supposed to play it, like uh, uh, the character classes, like how to defend, how to move around. I know I could get proficient at it and be really good at it. But, you know, I, it's it's not that I'm not willing to put the time in. It's just I, I feel like for what I know about myself, I don't think that once like all that's done, I don't think I'd have as much fun with it as I would other games that I know that I would, you know, just love to play. Um, but yeah, difficulty definitely has a uh, has a uh, a say in that uh, conversation. No, I can respect that um, a lot. Uh, you know, uh, I had another friend. Uh, we were talking, and he asked me about Dark Souls and Planet, and I said, you know, I really enjoy it. I think it's a great game. But I knew I know him, right? And he was asking mm-hmm. me. I said, I, you know, I I'm just letting you. Know, I don't think this is probably something you it would be your thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not because he's not good at games or, or anything else. I just, I know mm-hmm. that it's probably more time and work than he'd want to put into it. Right. Um, so no, I completely understand that. And my uh, my uh, sister's boyfriend, it's the only game he played for months and months and months. Yeah. And it would, co- and it would come up in conversation and I was like, what are you playing? He's like, oh, just Dark Souls. He's like every bit of free. And he's not like, he's like a bit of a gamer, but he's like, uh, he's really just like a dude who like has an Xbox and plays Madden once in a while. Mm-hmm. You, like, you know, you know, the dudes who like all they do is buy Madden yeah. when it comes out every year and FIFA and that's it. Um, but like, you know, somehow he got his hands on Dark Souls and because he like, you know, he's into RPGs or he was when he was a kid. And like something about that game just clicked with him and, you know, 200 hours of dark souls in the last year you know what i mean 
So it's like, there's always that part of me that's like, you know, if I really think that it could be for me, like I'll give it enough of a chance because like, what if it's that magic game for you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, again, I kind of go back and I look at it and I go, I have X amount of time. I'm going to, I've allotted to spend playing video games. I could either play lots of shorter games or I could play maybe one really big one. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm okay with that either way. I'm okay yeah. with going, okay, I'm going to miss out on a few things. It's okay. You know, do you ever, uh, it's kind of off difficulty topic, yep. but do you ever have such a hard time deciding what to play that you don't play anything? <laughs> yeah. I have this hard time. Like every time I finish up a game, uh-huh. I have this hard time where I. Absolutely. Yeah. I almost don't want to start something. Cause I'm like, uh, I don't know. Oh man. Right? I'm so, this, this is like looking into a mirror. I have like this exact same yeah. thing where like you finish something, then you look at all your other you're games like, uh, and you're like, this is a daunting decision. That's and the, for a long time, I would look at my list of games on steam or look at my physical games at my house or go to my parents' house. Okay. What do I want to check out from the library of me <laughs> and like just spend so much time with that, with that thought. Yeah. Like, uh, and then I wouldn't play anything. So like very recently I made the decision. Okay. Whenever I can't decide what to play, I'm just going to start up a random game. So I just started, okay. Like, uh, I can't decide what to play. I'm playing Bastion for a half hour, you know? Or something like that. Sure. So, and that actually got me back into like the mode of like actually playing games again. Yeah, most of the time, um, like if it's a really big, heavy game, um, sometimes I'll take a week or two off. Sure. And just mm-hmm. eh, you know, <laughs> just hold hold my calls. Yeah, I just I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm just gonna you know wait and see what what strikes mm-hmm. me. Sometimes it's nice to get a little palate cleanser and play something small and dumb and get it out of the way. Oh, yeah, almost always, like, if you finish, like, a Final Fantasy or, like, a Fallout or something, it's like, okay, give me a three-hour, you know, fun little guy. Yeah. Um, But, like, finished up Dark Souls, I rolled right into Dark Souls 2, and I'm kind of feeling like... Oh, really? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Gl- uh, glutton for punishment? Um, I, I'm i starting to get the feeling with this, because I'm looking at, I know what time is, right? I know mm-hmm. the holidays are upon us, and I also know there's some right. big releases I want to play, so I'm thinking... I don't know if I'll finish it. Right? Maybe I'll get into yeah. it and maybe I'll put it down for a while and come back. Um, that's an, that's another thing that contributes. So, like, when I when you sit down and choose what game to play, difficulty is a factor. The amount of time it'll take is a factor. Yeah. And releases that are upcoming are a factor. Like, like for me, like, with Fa- Far Cry 4 right around the corner yeah. and with Kingdom Hearts um, December 2nd, mm-hmm. and I haven't committed to the Master Chief Collection, but, like, I'm very curious about it, like... That's a factor in, like, if I go to sit down and play a game, okay, let's say I was going to play Dark Souls right now. Um, I know I don't have enough time to play through Dark Souls by the time Far Cry comes out, and probably not, like, you know, by the time Kingdom Hearts comes out. So, like, more often than not, I just, you know, it's okay, like, I'm I'm just not even going to start it. Because if I start it, I know I'm going to stop. Oh, I agree completely. Um, That's why, I mean, like, I was playing Dark Souls and... Um, like the last month community playthrough came up and they were doing mm-hmm. Alan Wake and I was like, I've always yeah. kind of wanted to play Alan Wake, but I was, great. I was so far into dark. So I didn't want to stop. Yeah. 
And so I just knew I was like, I can't even start Alan Wake. I'm just, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. It's just not going to happen. Your, and to your earlier uh, uh, point about short games, like that's where short games are amazing. Yeah. Like if, you, if you've never played Portal and you have like, you know, okay, I've got four days until Far Cry 4 comes out. What should I play real quick? Uh Play Portal. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you'll definitely. Be, you'll, right? you'll, be, you'll be done with it, you know, or or like an Alan Wake or something like that. So, um, but yeah, like it's uh, difficulty is only a factor about whether or not I play a game when it's something like Dark Souls that's known for being brutally difficult. Um, but that's that's, you know, typically it's game length is what determines what I play next because I kind of have a schedule of releases and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and um, not to spend forever on Dark Souls, um, but I hear that all the time, brutal difficulty. I would not say it's brutally difficult. Uh, the first time I played Dark Souls, I was at a like a press event, and um, I walked up to a machine that had Dark Souls on it, and I had never played it before, and it was past the tutorial, so it wasn't like teaching me how to play stuff. And I just walked you know, through this like castle area and this like big... like looked like a like a bison like as big like yes. four-legged animal mm-hmm. um just runs me over yeah and i was like oh this is that i forgot yeah this is that game that's supposed to be really hard um but you i'm probably just playing it like an idiot so uh and then when i first got dark souls i fired it up and what's that like first room you go into where like that thing like bashes through the wall and you have to like run away through like the the hole in the door or something like that like i don't know i never I haven't gotten far enough in the game where I'd really say like it, it, you know, I thought it was brutally difficult, but it's, 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 it's the reputation of the game doesn't help me in <laughs> yeah. starting to play it. It does. Um, that's why I wonder if it scares people off quite honestly, but, um, it has to, I, this isn't the dark soul show, but, um, but, but you know, it's weird. Uh, so speaking of, so a very difficult, but yet very accessible game, yep. uh, super meat boy. Okay. Now I've not played that one. I think Super Meat Boy, it's the same thing. I think it does have a reputation of being brutally difficult, mm-hmm. but I don't think it scares people away because the, it is such an accessible game. And it's not like, you know, like the levels are like 10 seconds long. If you die, okay, just try that 10 second level again, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised you haven't played Super Meat Boy. It's uh, with, you know, kind of the, the platforming uh, nature of it and the 8-bit style. It's very good. Yeah. Just the backlog is so huge, right? Sure, sure. And I have to keep and other I, things in mind, too. I have to go like, all right, I know Far Cry 4 is coming up, and I know, oh, I'll right. probably want to play that online with Bill. So if I want to do right. that, I have to be playing it not too long after it comes out, because that's probably when you're going to be playing it, right? Right, yeah. I'm going I'm to be pre-ordering that. And actually, now that I brought up uh, Super Meat Boy, um, uh, what's it called? Um, one of the things that I don't mind about games that are super difficult is... Are the stages very short, and can I retry them instantly? Okay, yeah. Because if that's the if something is insano difficult, like the later stages of any trials game, uh-huh. if I couldn't immediately restart and retry, if like if I had to go to like a loading screen or something, uh-huh. game over. I am out of there. <laughs> but like the levels loaded up, I couldn't make it over like nineteen, like you know, loop de loops or whatever. Um, not only are there checkpoints on the stage, but like, you know, I can hit a button to like restart the whole thing. But like, if you die or crash or whatever, in less than half a second, you're at the front of the race and like you're, you're trying it a game. Again, very much like Super Meat Boy. Like, if you die, okay, n- new guy, go. Die, new guy, go. Die, new guy, go. So like, you, it's just like, it's 
one try right after the other. It's very difficult, but like that's, and the most rewarding part of that is once you beat a stage without you even telling it to, until you hit the A button, it will play a replay of your uh, ghost character beating the stage. Uh-huh. But it's every single ghost character of the entire time it took you to beat it. So you could be watching like 80 ghost characters all dying in different places, like all at the same time, because they, they go at the same time. Oh, okay. So like if it took you 46 tries and you got on the 47th, right after you get it, it'll show you a ghost replay of 47 <laughs> Meat Boys. <laughs> and then like, you know, like you could see like, oh, like that's where I died the first time, that's where I died the second time. And the thing is only one of them makes it. Right. So it's always fun trying to figure out like, oh, which one is the little guy that's going to make it? Cause they're all going at the same time. But, uh, those are two, that's two examples. So Super Meat Boy and Trials for the same reason can be very difficult, but it, you can, it's just like play, 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 as opposed to like Dark Souls or something like it where it's like, oh, you died. Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's, you know, let's, let's rethink this. Let's get back in there and see what we can do with it. It's like, nope, just. Instantly, let me play again. Yeah, and I will say that um, as long as their checkpoints are reasonable, I'm okay sure. with it. Right? I don't. Mm-hmm. I de- I never want to have to replay like an hour worth of something. Right? No, I I don't even no. want to replay like I I honestly don't want to replay anything. Like if 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 I made it through like a decent chunk of gameplay. Uh-huh. Uh, that that that's a good place for a checkpoint. If like and and oh my god, is there anything worse than a checkpoint right before an unskippable cutscene? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should be game game design oh, one hundred and one, right? Is there anything worse than that? A, well, and a, die, there should never be. Uns- and then you're like, unskippable you're like, cutscenes. Yeah, that that's number one. And then the next part is. Put one, put one right in front of a really hard area where people are going to uh, die thirteen times and have to watch your unskippable cutscene. Yeah, I would turn a game off. Oh man, I would turn a game off at that point in time. No, yeah, no deal. Yeah, um, but I know what you mean. I mean, like, uh, like going back at Guacamelee, tough game, but mm-hmm. the checkpoints were pretty frequent, and dying yep. was not a huge penalty, right? No, yeah, I mean, you'd you'd fall off a ledge, and you were like, as like, it's almost like you when you fell into death. You just respawned yeah. at like, the, like instantly. Yeah. Like it wasn't like, Oh, do you want to respawn? You were dead and alive in before you knew you were dead. Yeah. Um, and you just got to keep playing, which, you know, was fantastic. Yeah. And even something like, you know, go back to Dark Souls. It's very tough, but, uh, I felt that the checkpoints are, are f- frequent enough to where you never had some terrible thing you had to redo. Is, is that what they use as campfires? Yeah. Those bonfires is your checkpoints. So. Okay. Yeah, as long as you make it to the next one, then, you know, you're good. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. keep going from there. Um, Do you heal when you hit a bonfire? Yeah. And okay. your health refill, uh, your refill items replenish. So, like, if you have one arrow in your quiver, you now have max arrows? No. Um, you have, uh, at least in the first one, the way you're, like, healing potions, if you will. It's mm-hmm. called Estus flasks. But um, every like, time you like go the, to a bonfire. Like the rockets? What's that? Like the model rockets? I don't know. Estus? Yeah, it's Estus. Huh. Estus flask. I don't know why. But um, but let's say, you know, you get five of them. Well, mm-hmm. then as soon as you go back to the bonfire, you'll get five again, you know? Oh, okay. Um, or if you've leveled it up 10 or 15 or mm-hmm. 20 or whatever. 
Um, but that's not only it fills up your health, it wipes your status clean. It also gives you all of your healing items back. Um, mm. But it also respawns all the enemies. So, oh, really? So if you go backwards, they're there again? Yes. Every oh. time you go to a bonfire, it respawns all enemies. Wow. So that's a consideration, right? It's mm-hmm. a sure, risk, sure. risk versus reward. Oh, but also sometimes good, right? So you can farm. Can you, can you walk by a bonfire and choose not to do anything Absolutely. It? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I don't know if it was like, like if like cousin, cousin Alan Wake, when you walk into like a spotlight, yep. it automatically does some stuff and it's like, that's, that's your checkpoint and blah, blah, blah. So, but you have a choice. You can just walk right by it. Yep. But if you die, mm. you'll go back to whatever the last bonfire that you rested at was. So, you Jerks. know, yeah, but it's okay. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, no, it's a good game. It. It's a good game. So if, if a buddy of yours ever said to you like, oh, Hey, I played this game. Would you ever say to that person, oh, did you play it on the highest difficulty? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, uh, I feel like that's a thing with people. Like, I remember telling my brother, oh, because he played Guitar Hero, like the original, like the first and the second one. He played him on Expert. Oh, I, yeah, And, no and I told him, I was like, oh, I, I, I beat Guitar Hero 2. And uh-huh. he was like, you beat it? Like, you, you, you finished it on Expert? And I was like, no, I'm like, I, I, I'm new. To, I just play on Medium. And he's like, right. oh. He's like, because I consider finishing it, beating every uh, song on expert. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I was like, right. oh, so that's a way that people think. So it's like they think that it's, it's, it really is like a status thing. Like, Competition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like, well, you didn't really finish it. <laughs> right. I'm better than you. Right. Nan, Nan, boo boo. So I don't know. Like, it's, I don't know if it's just my, like, because I feel like I am competitive, but at the same time, like, I, I don't, need to uh conform to like someone's definition of like oh you're not really this unless you do it this way you know but i do feel like there's a there's that sense of you know if i do things on the higher difficulty i'm better than you yeah i mean i i understand where you're coming from i mean things like when i played uh you know the mass effect games on insanity Mm -hmm. i don't care if anybody else ever knows about that right i did because i enjoyed doing it right there's, um, there's always a couple of friends who like I'll compare achievements with and just kind of rib them a little bit. Like, Oh, I see that, you know, like, uh, you've got almost as many as me or something. And it's, you know, it's just in fun, you know? Yeah, sure. But like, yeah, it's, 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 I, I know exactly where you're coming from. Like I do it, but like, I don't need to broadcast it. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes it's fun. I mean, you mm-hmm. might say that I did it just to put it out there like yes you know i'm excited i did right, this right, right. but not like oh because you suck because you can't do it right? right yeah yeah it's nothing like that i don't uh i because I, i'll be really honest i'm not an a fantastic gamer um, I, I yeah I've, I've said it a ton of times i'm like the worst per, like person at video games who loves video games yeah i'm really not good especially nintendo like crabby like it's like I watch his videos, his playthrough videos, because like I enjoy them, but like they also just make me not want to play Nintendo games anymore. Because I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm like I watch them and I'm like I'm worse at Nintendo games than I thought I was, especially like Dark Man, like things that are actually difficult. <laughs> he was uh, Krabby's kind of a savant, I think. Yeah, I, I would say that. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty good at some of them, just because I have just that muscle memory from a from childhood, mm-hmm. uh, and still there. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean I can pick up one that I'm not as familiar with and do fantastically at it. Um, but I don't think that's it, right? It's, uh, I'm, I think, you know, neither of us are ever going to be in like professional league gamer or something, nor do we want to be, right? No, 
I don't want to be at all. It's like, a hobby. You, you know what I noticed about like like I forget the the dude's name, um, but the Asian dude who's like the champion at like Marvel Capcom and like all these different fighting games. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I, f- I, I forget his name. I can see his face. Yeah, yes. I can see his face now too. So like, I didn't know who he was because uh, I'm not in the fighting game scene. Right. But um, it was at PAX a couple of years ago, and someone's like, "Oh, you know who that is? That's blah blah blah." And I was like, "Oh, I've heard of him. He's like a champion." And what they and like this like joystick company had paid him, you know, for the weekend just to like you know stand at their booth and like play, you know, Marvel Capcom. Oh yeah. Like on their on the joystick, and he was playing on the highest difficulty, and he was like perfecting uh, the computer like every time. Sure. And I, and I remember just watching him play, and I was like, wow, that's really impressive. But then like I'm looking at his face, dude looks like he could not care any less <laughs> that he was like standing here like at a thing like playing it's a like, job yeah like none of these like super awesome like except for like the dota guys who like you really oh, feel like they're like in like a war room like you know on I these don't teams even know. And, like they explode when they win and all this stuff like all these like fighting game guys except like at the tournaments when like you know they're on stage and like they're pumping fists and stuff yeah none of them look like they're ever having any fun playing these games it's a job yeah um, I think about my it, right? job, though. Yeah, no, I mean, but imagine, imagine that you are stuck playing one game all the time. Yeah, yeah, you're on a desert island with free power from the power company. <laughs> you get one game. You get one game, not even a whole genre like Rich wanted us to have. You just get right. one game. I'd get pretty sick of it. Yeah, so it's got to be tough. Um, but I love watching some of those Street Fighter tournaments and stuff. It's it's exciting. What was that? But... You definitely know better than I would. What's that one tournament that was the best thing I've ever seen? Oh, you're talking about that Evo win where uh, it says Street Fighter Three that Daigo parries all those super yeah, moves. Parries yeah. every move in the world and then beats the dude and the yeah. roof came off that place. I want to yeah. watch it right now. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. just thinking about it. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about there. So, so if I search for it, I just search for Evo. Diego Evo. Yeah, you could probably just parry whatever. You'll you'll find it. Yeah, like probably, Street Street Fighter parry tournament, or just Diego Evo, probably something. You'll find okay. it. Um. All right. Well, I want to wrap by just kind of ending out with. I mean, obviously, this is it's our show, our opinions. So when you go into a game and you're you're looking at something from the outside. You're going and you're picking something off the shelf like we talked about before. What do you look for personally in terms of difficulty? What appeals to you? I don't go to a lot of stores. I use the internet. Uh, okay, but, but so you're picking a I'm new look- Steam game. Right. When I'm looking at my virtual storefront, it's become almost like an instinct. Like mm-hmm. Steam has this feature now where they call it like your queue or something like that. I forget what they call it. But, like, when you load up Steam, um, it's, like, based on the types of games, not just the types of games you own, but the types of games you're, but the games you're actually playing, Mm -hmm. it will give you recommendations based on those. And it bases that on, like, uh, the ratings that people give games who play the same games that you were playing on a regular basis. Um, So, like, what I'll do is I'll, I'll open up Steam and I'll go through the queue and it'll say, like, okay, Wolfenstein The New Order. And I can say, uh, not interested. Get what's next. And they'll say, oh, Lego the Hobbit. And I'm like, okay, not interested. What's next? And then it'll be like, Tropico 5. And I'm like, why do they, why are they asking me about Tropico? And then it's like, oh, because you play Civ. And I'm like, oh, tell me more. And then, you know, like I'll look at things. So like a lot of it comes from like, is it like things that I already like? 
or, you know, like that's, that's, that's kind of how I browse around for, for Steam. Everything else is like, uh, you know, I feel like I know about the games that I want months before they come out, unless there's like a surprise, um, like Far Cry 4 or like, you know, Kingdom Hearts or NHL. Like I, I know those franchises. I know those developers. Um, everything else that happens is kind of from people that I know. Like if Fleech is like, Oh, have you guys heard of to the moon? Like, no, what is that? It's like, Oh, it's really good. You should play it, you know, type thing. So I'm not really a go out and like, you know, like a lot of people, they're like, okay, I got 60 bucks. I want to buy a game. What should I buy? Mm-hmm. I'm just not like that. <laughs> like, sure. I, I never just go out shopping for a game. Like I kind of know what I'm going to get like a while before it comes out. We're kind of sticking with the theme of difficulty, mm-hmm. right? So what are the difficulty characteristics in a game that you look for? The only thing that difficulty comes in is like, if I feel like the, if the game has a reputation for being very difficult, I'm yep. less likely to get it. Okay. Which was my big deterrent from Dark Souls. Okay. Um, it wasn't as much of a deterrent from Super Meat Boy because, you know, like I said before about the accessibility. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and N Plus, which is a very similar game to Super Meat Boy, same thing, very difficult, but very accessible. Um, I'm ne- like, when I'm looking for a game, I'm never thinking, okay, like, is this going to be too easy? Is it going to be not easy enough? Like, what's, what are the difficulty parameters of this game? I'm more just thinking, like, okay, there's a new Far Cry game and I want it, or there's okay. a new Civ game and I want it. The only time difficulty becomes an issue is like, um, I think, or like, you know, I've heard or that game's supposed to be really difficult. I'm going to pass or I'm going to, you know, wait till I can play it before I, you know, put the money down. Okay. Um, if you learn that difficulty is there, but it's more of a time sink, is that a bigger, a bigger issue then? I, I have to really, really, really like the game, the series or the genre. If yeah. it's going to be like a, a large time commitment. Yeah. Um, like like fallout like if i didn't really love that uh that series that franchise that type of game i wouldn't have gone back to new vegas ever because like the thing the 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 best case scenario for like not spending time on it is like okay i'll throw like you know a number of hours into it and i'll i'll know it's not for me or if i throw some hours into it i find okay like you know actually it is better than i ever gave it credit i'm going to keep playing this that is dozens of hours um, so like, I really, really have to be into a series or a franchise or a genre for, for me to put a large amount of time, uh, or even before I buy it, like I kind of knew with Skyrim going in, okay, this is all I'm playing for eight months. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah. I was cool with that. It's my favorite game ever, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, oh, man, time, time's more of a factor for me than difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I'm right there with you. Uh, I don't. Um, difficulty up front is not a big issue to me. It's more of how rewarding is my time investment in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know, to me, it's not necessarily even total time to play the game. It's more of how rewarding is the time I spend in it. Um, so again, you know, a couple of games I played recently, very difficult. I didn't feel they were rewarding at all. Right. Dark Souls, I felt very rewarded for the time that I put into it. So that was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, uh, I think that's important, right? So difficulty itself is not always a big deal. It's more of, you know, do I get what I want out of the game? 
Mm -hmm. All right. Well, so, you know, let us know what you guys think about difficulty. I mean, does it turn you off? Is it, uh, is it broken these days? Is it, uh, is it, uh, we have too many push A to win games? Uh, Yeah. You know, we didn't talk to about, we talked about the push A to wins. We didn't talk about games that are too easy all that much, but I think a lot of games that are too easy have adjustable difficulty. Um, I wonder if there's anyone out there on a game that doesn't have adjustable difficulty is like, oh, that game was way too easy. Yeah, I'd be curious to hear because I can't, at least unless it was maybe a child's game, I can't think right. of a game I've run into that I went just like, well, that was ridiculously simple. <laughs> yeah, Mickey Safari in Letterland wasn't as challenging <laughs> as I kind of expected. Um, mm-hmm. I got a little stuck on Cantaloupe because there's like a U in there, you know? <laughs> Right, exactly. If only uh, Amazon Echo was around to help me spell that word. <laughs> no, we're not. Are we getting a paid spot for Amazon? Is um, that, uh... Well, speaking of that, Amazon, I want a free thing. So if you could just send me an Echo, that'd right. be cool. Good luck with that. Um, also, Subaru makes the Outback. It's a very <laughs> versatile, uh, it's a very, you know, it's just a great all around vehicle, you know, Subaru Outback. Yeah, but we actually get paid by oh, uh, you know, uh, off the charts video games. So please check, please check them out. <laughs> but uh, seriously, let us know what you think about game difficulty. Uh, let us know games that are tough that you like, or or ones that were tough and you thought sucked because of it, um, mm-hmm. or ones you just couldn't get past because it was just too annoying. But uh, but let us know. We'd be curious to hear it. All right. Well, thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Collector Cast, um, Bill. Thanks for thanks for having a conversation with me. No problem. Thanks for tolerating with my uh, massive talkiness. <laughs> if 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 not, this would be a lot shorter show, Bill. I know. I should uh, learn when to uh, know when to fold them. No, no. I think our <laughs> listeners uh, appreciate. Uh, our show. I don't get too many complaints anymore that now that we don't do five or six hour shows. Yeah, we're we're down to like the four and a half, uh, four and three quarters. Three, I think usually yeah. three, two or three. We're getting there. <laughs> but um, as I promised, I left it off the front, but a couple places you can find the show. So, uh, Bill, if people want to if they've listened all the way through this, and maybe on a friend's car or something, and they yeah. want to also listen to us. Yeah, so Joe, who's listening in Russ's car, um, you can go to uh, collectorcast.com, we mentioned earlier, uh, and that uh, will take you to the place where you can uh, uh, get us. On the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on Stitcher. Yep, Stitcher Smart Radio. Um, iTunes. That's, that's what I use. I've got the... Uh, I've got the iTunes all up in my business. There you go. Windows, phone, store, whatever. Finally, you're welcome. Thing. Um, pickle. Podcast pickle. Don't forget the pickle. YouTube. Um, what, there, was, there was a user on RF Gen who uh, we, uh, someone in the, uh, in the show thread for the last episode, mm-hmm. suggested a couple other ways that Android users could get the show. Oh. 
and I'm not able to bring it up right now. I but, think somebody uh, told us that we're on some other marketplace or something that I didn't even know about. Yeah, right. Uh, probably somebody just submits our feed. I'm sure that's all it takes. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think what we were, what we had said before is that if you need the RSS feed, it's right on collectorcast.com, but there's other, you know, there's other like, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, app venues to, to grab the show. Um, I don't think we mentioned Facebook and Twitter yet, even though that's where we got our questions from, uh, earlier. So if you want to throw some more questions up once, uh, we're ready to record some, um, I love questions. That'd be great. Yeah. Anytime. Just, uh, collectorcast both on Facebook and Twitter. And um, I always want to throw this in in case some newer listeners have come on board. Sometimes I get questions about, hey, where's the older episodes? Um, all the old episodes are on YouTube, so you can go back. You can listen to all the way back to the very beginning. Uh, we only keep uh, probably the last uh, 13, 14 episodes uh, in the RSS feed. So if you want to go all the way back and listen to us when we were uh, years ago, uh, you can certainly do that on YouTube. Um, lastly, I'd just like to say, um, number one, thanks everybody for listening. Really appreciate uh, all the positive feedback that we receive for doing this. And uh, also, if you could do us uh, one favor, I'd say, hey, tell a friend, right? Let a friend know about the show if mm. you like us. Uh, if you don't like us, I don't know. Why did you listen that long? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. Why did it take you uh, till the, the fourth hour to That's- say, you know what? I'm just going to put on light rock. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, if you like the show, do us a favor. Let somebody know. Uh, if you got other friends that are gamers, uh, tell them to give us a shot. We certainly appreciate that. And uh, and until next time, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Woo! Got it. Right. Yep. Like Michael DeLuise. Michael De is Dom DeLuise is the Yeah, well Dom is for the older crowd. Michael, I don't know if son, nephew, what it is, but Michael DeLuise was the actor in Wayne's World who did the pointing when he you know, you don't say two or one. <laughs> That's the guy, huh? That's Michael DeLuise, yeah. I did not know that. Oh yeah, and he was also in uh Encino Man. God no, that's he, he going was, back, he, right? He was the bully. He was shush. Oh God! Let's please not think of any more Polly Shore films. <laughs> All right. In the army now is pretty good. No, not really. <laughs> Bio- Biodome. We're gonna go Biodome there. Biodome with uh, what's his name? Stephen Baldwin. Oh, yeah, the Baldwins. Oh God. Um. <laughs> <laughs>